The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report. And thanks, y'all. Afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing this evening? I hope everyone's doing great on this. What is this today? We're Friday. Friday, 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 some people say in some corners of the world. And it is March the 4th. Tis the fourth Friday, the first Friday, pardon me, of the month. And uh, well, here we are, guys. It's March. Before you knew it, it would be here. What do I got going on on my screen? I see the, uh, see the, uh, I see the, uh, crown of a marble skull. Now, some of you guys can't see this because, uh, for one, you probably don't recognize foreheads quite as high as that as someone like I would. And for two, if you're on the podcast, you're probably like, we don't see anything, Mr. C. Oh, but it's there, all right. It's there, all right. Okay. All right, guys. I know. This is getting a little bit too goofy, and we're just starting. Oh, there we go. That's much more like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Sea Report, coming to you guys live and in living color on this Friday, March number 4, 2022. I'm your host, Michael Aaron Cossidis, otherwise known as Mr. C. And we're doing it live this Friday evening, just for a little whiles, just for a little whiles tonight. And we do have a good show ahead of you guys, I would like to think. Uh, it will be, uh, well, it'll, it'll be full of information, that's for sure. We'll be catching up on some stories that we have not been able to keep up with in the past, oh, I don't know couple of weeks or so we've been so distracted here with russia 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 and ukraine 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 and let's not forget about marsha you know when marsha 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 gets on her shtick all bits are off ladies and gentlemen that's always a fact but nevertheless and uh always and forever 
Alyssa Edwards. Yeah, we will be bringing you guys some pretty good stories. We got a pretty good night. We're, like I said, we're going to be catching up on some news here, guys. We got a couple of stories that we don't want to forget about, obviously, because uh, clearly uh, debacles like what's going on in Russia and in Ukraine, well, those seem to be like debacles that are, uh, you know, made for television and made for your distraction, ladies and gentlemen, as always. Now, uh, you know, I mean, can anyone ever really know anything that's going on in this day and age unless it's something that they see manifested before their own very eyes and they have the, uh, the consciousness to acknowledge it and to see it? I think the easy answer to that question is, no, Mr. C., no one can really know what is really going on and truly have uh, the intelligence and the inside knowledge or even just the knowledge in general unless it is manifested before their eyes and they can hold it, touch it, smell it, taste it if they prefer to and see it with their own eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, Relanon, what's going on? Thank you for donating 117 gold pills to the show. Your support is always appreciated, my friend. But like I was saying, none of us can really ever know for sure. Even if we are academically inclined, like say, for example, if I went to university and I studied all of the history of Russia and all of the history of Ukraine, could I ever really know what's going on over there? Not 100% without being there in the flesh, obviously. Now, could I say, having done research and reading and doing as much legwork as I can on the internet, whether or not I have some idea of what's going on over there. That's a 50-50 chance, ladies and gentlemen. That's just kind of the gambit that we run here right now. I mean, if we were to all follow that thought process, I would say everyone needs to turn off their TVs, turn off their computers, turn off all of their podcasts and their live streams because you can't trust nobody. Not a single person. The, la the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, pedophile, propaganda media. Oh, that's 100%. But for all of us uh, layman novices out there, for all of us who've only put, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years into researching and staying awake to the stuff that we do. And not even those, ladies and gentlemen. That means everyone, anyone with a talking opinion, because opinions talk, right? <laughs> anyone, ladies and gentlemen, if we were to follow that stream of consciousness, that stream of thought, you know, why do we bring this topic up at the beginning of the show? I don't know. It's because so much information out there, such a bombardment, you know, you really do have to go with your gut. Some people choose just not to believe anything that they see, anything that they hear. It doesn't matter whose mouth it comes from or whose brain it was born in. And I think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, some of us will always have to source our information for ourselves. And actually, that's really the way it should be. It's really the way it should be. We should all be sourcing our information for themselves. Now, does that mean that they can't go to external sources such as shows like these to kind of get some kind of a feel for which way it is that they want to uh, uh, direct their own personal search? Oh, I think that's actually a very viable choice. So let's not forget, guys, 
You know, I just think it's very important with the amount of information that's out there, regardless of where it's coming from. So as long as it's not from the left-leaning liberals at no, just (laughs) how biased is that, Mr. C? How biased is that? That's not freedom of speech, Mr. C. You can't tell them that they can't go to a left-leaning liberal to get their source of information. That's not fair and balanced. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of information out there, guys. I don't need to say it. You guys live it every single day of your lives, particularly the audience that we have here at the Sea Report. I know my audience is well-versed, well-read, and well-searched, ladies and gentlemen. I, th- I think that's why, for the most part, most of the audience comes back. Otherwise, it might just because they like to see the senseless meanderings and uh, fruitless shenanigans of this potato head <laughs> that bounces back and forth on this screen before you. But anyways, guys, uh, you know, uh, what a diatribe to start a Friday night show off. I promise the rest of the show is not going to be that diatribe We're not going to get that. We're not going to get that uh, uh, um, uh, polemical here tonight, guys. We got a lot of stuff to share with you all. We got some Trump statements. We're going to run a Trump interview for a Friday night, right? Let's, ro- let's watch a Trump interview. We'll be starting off the show with that tonight, guys. And then, like I said, we got some news to catch up on because... Uh, Uh, There's so much going on with these distractions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, People have just seemed to have forgotten about some stories. I know we have for at least a week, but we haven't forgotten forever. And so we're going to recover some of our senses this evening. But first, ladies and gentlemen, before we jump into that, of course... Please do stop by anchor.fm slash the C report, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, make sure you subscribe and sign up, follow for free our podcast. Look for us in all the biggins, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, follow or subscribe to the C report on Podbean, on Spotify, on uh, Apple iPod, or is it Apple i What is it? iCast? I don't know what it is, guys. I'm a terrible salesperson. What is it called? Apple Podcasts. Now, I'm not sending you to Apple Podcasts because uh, I want Apple to track you, okay? I'm saying that because for the broader audience out there that is uh, beyond the thresholds of, uh, you know, conscience patriots, it's the easiest thing to find, okay? And uh, we, while we are uh, quite used to being shadow banned, and algorithmed into nothingness at the Sea Report, we most definitely are still searchable on such types of uh, such types of uh, pod- uh, podcast platforms. So you know, absolutely, go ahead, sign up for free, support this podcast. We definitely appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, with that in mind, we're going to hop right into it, guys, tonight, guys. We gots to get to it, ain't nothing to it but to do it, as they would say. We'll start off with uh, some, uh, how you say, Trump statements. I think we only got about two to start, and then we're going to get into the President Trump interview. I don't know if any of you guys got to see this. Now, he's had a few rather riveting interviews lately. Uh, Today, we are going to check out the interview with one... 
Now, I heard this was true. Correct me if I'm wrong. But World Economic Forum pen pal Maria Bartiromo? Mm. Used to serve in Congress? Mm. Maybe knows about some of them uh, skeletons in their closet, Bartiromo? Hmm. It's possible. Either way, we're going to check out that interview that President Trump had with Maria Bartiromo. I guess it's what? I guess it aired yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I thought it was like a Sunday morning futures, and here we are on Friday. So I don't know. I might just uh, have been really behind on my Trump statements, and so... uh, I guess that's where that ends up. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, we're still going to check it out. And, uh, well, we'll get we'll get along and away with that as soon as we can. Friday night's a tough night, guys. Friday night's a tough night. Hey, Deplore Laura, how you doing out there? Glad to see you with us tonight. Okay, y'all. Let's see what we got here first from President Trump, as some people called him. El Presidente Delnado Trumpo. Okay, here we go. Bam. Oh, so we have a list of speakers for his Florence, Carolina, South Carolina um, rally coming up next weekend. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. Says here, uh, President Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, will be joined by endorsed candidates, members of South Carolina's congressional delegation, and other special guests on Saturday, March 12th, 2022, in Florence, South Carolina. This Save America rally is a continuation of President Trump's unprecedented effort to advance the MAGA agenda by energizing voters and highlighting America First candidates and causes. The president goes on at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That'll be 6 p.m. here, Central. Special guest speakers include Governor Henry McMaster. Now, I used to know, not personally speaking anyways, but I used to know a general retired by the name of McMaster. Yeah, McMaster, huh? We'll also have Russell Fry, candidate for South Carolina's 7th Congressional District, and Katie Arrington. Ooh, boy. Katie Arrington will be in the house. Now, I'd like to hear that woman speak. Do any of you guys remember who Katie Arrington is by any chance? Katie Arrington. She almost suffered the same fate as uh, the Sarge here in Texas. You know, the one who was running against big oil in the railroad commissioner's race this past primary. Marvin the Sarge died in an automobile accident. Now, I don't know what kind of car Katie Arrington was riding in, in South Carolina, you know, where Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham come from. And, uh, well, Lindsey Graham. Anyways, I'm like, I think actually is it, you know, I always get confused if Mitch McConnell was Kentucky or South Carolina, to be quite honest with you. Let's see here. I want to be, I'll never forget after today. What do you say about that? (laughs) He's from Kentucky. Okay. I did say Lindsey Graham, didn't I? Okay. (laughs) 
Who else is from South Carolina that's a big old rhino? Someone enlighten me in the audience, please. But uh, Lindsey Graham, who probably learned his, uh, his uh, campaign tactics from good old John McCain, you know, his old uh, bunk buddy. Uh, oh, as I was saying, I don't know what kind of car Katie Arrington was riding in when they had that uh, driver go into her lane and smash into her head on at full speed, almost killing her but definitely knocking her out of the race. Yeah, but that Marvin the Sarge guy who was running for a railroad commissioner here in Texas, I looked it up just out of curiosity because I don't want to be a complicity theorist, guys. <laughs> I'm quite fine being a conspiracy theorist, but I don't want to be a complicity theorist, okay? And Marvin the Sarge was uh, driving a hackable automobile. That is to say, an automobile that can be hacked remotely. And he smashed head on into a trailer truck that was making uh, an extended wide turn into a parking lot, full speed on. Uh, I guess the autopsies haven't been released. I mean, he only died about a week ago. I mean, he could have been having some type of uh, health issue in the car that caused him to go head first at full speed into a trailer that was uh, making a wide turn in the road in front of him. But that's a story for another time, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I doubt that that story will go anywhere, by the way. I doubt anyone. I doubt anyone breathes a lick about Marvin the Sarge and the railroad commissioner scandal ever again. But, uh... That uh, Cadillac Escalade, ladies and gentlemen, it's hackable. I looked it up. Very interesting. Anyways, we're getting off the point here. The only reason why I brought that up is because we're talking about Katie Arrington. And Katie Arrington is the South's Carrie Lake. <laughs> Lady and gen ladies and gentlemen, she's awesome. I like Katie Arrington. I'm a fan. I think she's going to go far. I think she's going to win the race also. I think hands down this woman is going to beat the pants off that Nancy Grace person. Is it Nancy Grace? Or I'm, oh, Nancy Mace, right? Nancy Grace is the uh, telecaster, isn't she? <laughs> okay. All right. So that's what's going on. Again, that's going to be in uh, two Saturdays. That is the Saturday after next. That is the Saturday after next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. In case you were wondering, that'll be the 12th. Now, I think I'm actually going to be able to be live on that one. That was uh, possibly going to be the first President Trump rally that I might have been in absentia. But I'm, I think I will be. I think I will be back in town on time to cover. Probably a little bit greasy and probably a little bit stuffed. But uh, I think I will be present and accounted for. Or I don't know, we'll see what happens, guys. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that watch party rolling like we always do on a President Trump rally. Bring your snacks, I'll hold the door open. And we'll have some good company for President Trump's next upcoming rally. All right, let's see what the next statement from uh, El Presidente is today, senoritas and senorinos. Uh, let's see here. Presidente Trump, hey. He says, 
former Attorney General, the B-2 Bomber, Beluga Whale, Billiam Barr, Big Boy, Booby, Bouncing Balls, Bill Barr, would not know voter fraud if it was staring him in the face like a ravenous donut. And it was. The fact is, he was weak, ineffective, and totally scared of being impeached, which the Democrats were constantly threatening to do. They broke him. Yeah, it wasn't his daddy. It wasn't his daddy he broke him. It wasn't his allegiance to the cabal that broke him. Yeah, well, you know, this is all politics, guys. Like, we're going to sit back and say, oh, come on, Trump. You know that he was beholden to the CIA. You know it had nothing to do with the Democrats impeaching him. Come on, Trump. If I know it, you know it, Trump. Come on. But, I mean, come on, guys. It's fine for us to know it and to share this information, right or wrong. We're not trying to be the president here, are we? Yeah, perspective. He should have acted much faster on the Mueller report instead of allowing the fake Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to linger for so long, but it was the election fraud and irregularities that he refused to act on because he wanted to save his own hide. Come on, Trump! You know it had nothing to do with saving his own hide. Trump, you know he's beholden to the CIA and Daddy Bush from the jump, Trump. Yes, 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 I know that, says President Trump. But I'm trying to run for president here, not you. And he did. He never got impeached, contempt charges never went forward, and the Democrats were very happy with him. But I wasn't. The unselect committee of political hacks continues to spin its wheels in trying to fabricate a narrative that does not exist. The only thing they refuse to look into is the massive election fraud that took place in the 2020 presidential election. There we go, guys. I've been saying that since I've been on the air with you all, since I've been on the air, period, that Bill Barr was a bad guy. We found this out like, oh, I don't know, December of 2020 is kind of when we figured out where Bill Barr stood. So, I mean, since then, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, hello. (laughs) That was like quite some time ago. But all these things come to light eventually. I mean, I guess it just takes the president, you know, calling out a bad guy to be a bad guy for everyone else to go along to get along, which is all just fine and dandy. Doesn't always happen, of course, because, you know, sometimes President Trump endorses a rhino. It's all good, y'all. As long as we verify and vet for ourselves, I say it's all good. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Most definitely, we will figure it out. But Bill Barr, we've known for quite some time, guys. We've known for quite some time that Bill Barr, fast-tracking, illegitimate Joe's executive orders, come on, slow-rolling, all of the paperwork that President Trump needed to get done before he was evicted from his hijacked office, Yeah, that kind of thing, guys. 
You know, I was a big fan of Bill Barr at start. You know why? Because uh, according to Q, B2B, or is it the, the B2 bomber? Boom! Everyone thought that was Billiam Barr. I don't know if that was Billiam Barr or not, guys. Did anyone ever get a read on that? Who was B2B? Or was that just like uh, back-to-back? Oh, is that what that meant? Back-to-back? My bad. <laughs> what were we getting back-to-back? Billiam Barr's boobies or what? I don't know. The beluga whale's belly? I don't know, okay? <laughs> the beluga whale's belly on one side of the belt and on the other. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. All I know is long about December 2020, I lost my faith in Bill Barr. And I've never spoken even, uh, well, I've never spoken any anything good of this man since then. I mean, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you only have that chance. Hey, Sean Joe, what's up, buddy? Thanks for throwing a cookie this way. It'll go well with my coffee, sir. Thank you very much. Having some coffee uh, this evening because we'll be up with um, uh, Mr. C in the Dark tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be uh, doing another episode there this evening. So, uh, got to try and stay awake, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. You know, I also just uh, formulated a Buy Me a Coffee account. So, literally, guys, go get me a large espresso. Support this show. Buymeacoffee.com slash MRCTV. That's Mr. CTV, not uh, MRCT. It's Mr. CTV, okay? That's what it stands for. <laughs> Some people are like, you're not MRCTV. There's only one MRCTV. You're a fake. And I'm like, wait, I am not the media research television channel. And I'm not some other channel. I am Mr. CTV. Anyways, okay. <laughs> but hey, they had MRC TV available on buymeacoffee.com. So I went ahead and I took it. I mean, why not, ladies and gentlemen, right? I'm right. Am I not right? I think I'm right. Okay. So anyways, yeah. You go go ahead and do that, ladies and gentlemen. I know you guys have a Buy Me a Coffee account. So <laughs> You can also follow us on buymeacoffee.com slash MRCTV. Uh, you can, uh, we po- actually started posting there too. So I don't know. We'll see how long that lasts, right? Now, I promise you guys, once I get onto Truth Social, I mean, I'm on Truth Social. I'm waiting like everybody else. I'm waiting like the rest of the Goyam. <laughs> I'm waiting like the rest of the Goyam to get on Mr. CTV. I mean, shoot, to get onto uh, Truth Social. Look, let's see here. I'll sh- I'll show you guys. Look, because <laughs> I'm getting uh, you know, not I, not a whole bunch, but I'm getting like follows over there at Mr. CTV, which I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Because uh, you know. I uh, I don't have anything going on <laughs> over there as of yet, right? Nothing going on over there as of yet. Uh, what I keep on hearing from everyone, but you know, there's just so much information coming out of everywhere these days. I don't even know if it's true. But what I keep on hearing is that President Trump is going to release... Well, you know, it's not President Trump. President Trump isn't literally pushing... The big red button at Truth Social, okay? <laughs> it is, uh, it is, uh, it is his people. Yeah, but what I keep on getting is that he's going to release it to everybody on uh, 
the ninth of this month. So, uh, well, there you have it. I am number 158,143. So as soon as, uh, as soon as we go live, I am going to make every effort to, uh, be on Truth Social constantly. I'm going to make every effort. In fact, the entire studio is going to go Truth Social. Like, we're going to have Truth Social walls. We're going to have, like, you know, we already have President Trump right above us doing his little one-two-one-two punch dance and stuff like that. We'll probably replace Joe Biden up here in the corner with another Trump thing. Or maybe we'll just put Truth Social. I don't know. I hope that Truth Social has live streaming capabilities as well. But uh, I'm going to try and run a Truth Social campaign unlike any social media campaign I ever run. We're talking Mr. C on MySpace, okay, circa 2002, right? That's what I'm... On MySpace, I was like all over the place, right? You could not get away from Mr. C on MySpace. People were like, why is this man's potato head in every single post on every single page? Why is he spamming my account so much? I'm going to be like that, guys. I'm going to get my high school, college fervor back for social media. And I'm going to be on there so much. I won't be depending on people to share my show. (laughs) I'm going to be in the face. Anyways, if you are on Truth Social, make sure you look us up. Mr. CTV. I'm pretty sure it's Mr. CTV. Even at this point, I've kind of forgotten... If it's Mr. CTV or the C Report, either way, we're on Truth Social. Look for us, follow us. We're gonna, we're gonna, we are gonna do Truth Social like we have not done any other social media platform. Because let's face it, just like with everyone, the tires were deflated, the tank was out of gas. They are not, you know, allowing us to share content. They're algorithm algorithming us to death. You know, that's been my fate, guys. I've been put in the algorithm box in the very dark corner of the internet. Not in the dark web. No, I'm like in the corner just outside of the dark web. That's where you find Mr. C. He's off in like some gulag, la-la land, nowhere place, right? That's why, uh, that's why, uh, quite often, uh, well, we are where we are. Hey, Vanguard360, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for gifting the shades on this Friday evening. I appreciate your support, buddy. Thank you so much. Dropped some uh, anchor.fm, uh, you know, um, uh, anchor.fm slash the C report links. Buymeacoffee.com slash Mr. CTV links. All the ways that you guys can support the show. And of course, those gold pills, they give me strength, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> those gold pills are like vitamins for me. Okay, all right. All right, we're getting out of control here a little bit too early, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and let's get ready for this Trump interview. And don't worry, guys, we got news tonight. We're not just going to sit back and watch President Trump, uh, although I know we could do that for the most part all day long, any day. Uh, Would you mind, Maria Bartiromo? I haven't called you onto stage yet, okay? Sorry, guys, sometimes they get out of control here these video podcast, uh, video telecasting. So yeah, as I was saying, uh, we do have some news. We're not gonna, we're not gonna just uh, be doing watch parties tonight. Although I'd consider there are quite a few, uh, videos and documentaries that I've been wanting to share with you guys. I'm kind of like making a list and uh, as soon as I can get a really solid schedule 
And I don't mean a consistent schedule when I say solid schedule. I mean when I can get a solid schedule. Like if I can look at the week from Monday to Sunday and I can say this week is solid for scheduling, then uh, I definitely have a few documentaries I want to share with you guys. You know, stuff that, you know, you won't see many other places, uh, but definitely uh, stuff worth watching, I would think, at least... At least if you have a good friend sitting next to you and you got your popcorn and your snacks, right? Right. Awesomeness. Hey, Tam Growl. You ain't running late at all, hun. This show is just getting on the road. And Timberjet, is this all you're going to do? I don't know. That's a pretty uh, broad question. What do you mean all? <laughs> what do you mean All. Uh, you know what, Timbajet? There are like 30 other shows on this platform that you can go get entertained on. And uh, most of the heavy, hitter, heavy hitters just went live. Most of the VIPs are just going live right now at 8 o'clock. So if you're bored, by all means, uh, I'll keep the door open, buddy. Uh, but otherwise, no, no, no. We got some news after this. This is a 30-minute interview, guys. This is a 30-minute interview. This is how we're starting the show today. Timbajet. I know you're not you're not uh, long for our audience, at least not in the chat rooms. But uh, we used to play President Trump interviews all the time. Uh, you know, I do have a lot of news to catch up with, but uh, I feel like listening to the president, guys. I don't know about you all, but I do. So uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and get a rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Aurelius Locke, how's it going, sir? Good to see you on this evening. We're just going to have a brief interview with President Trump, if you call 30 minutes brief. And then uh, on the other side of this, we'll be tackling, we'll be catching up with some headlines. But Timbajet, the headlines we'll be catching up with, you've probably seen before. So you know what? You can go get some entertainment and infotainment, you know, if you see, if you see it so necessary you can go get some infotainment elsewhere, but uh, I'll keep the door open, buddy. I always do. All right, guys. Hey, Curious Cat, how you doing tonight? Good to see you, sir. Glad you're in the audience tonight, keeping that seat warm. All right, without further ado, here goes the interview. Good morning. Let me start off with getting your overall reaction to the State of the Union last night, Mr. President. What struck you most? Well, I thought it was terrible because he didn't talk inflation. He didn't have any ideas for inflation. And most importantly, he didn't talk about energy with oil and what's happened. We were energy independent one year ago. We were exporting energy for the first time ever in the history of our country. We were going to double the size this year. We'd be double the size of Saudi Arabia and Russia combined. Uh, we would have, number one, the event in Ukraine would have never happened if I were president, it would have never happened. There was no way it was happening. If it did happen, let's say it did happen, we'd be yep. exporting oil to everybody, and that would have kept it from happening in itself because Russia wouldn't be making a fortune on oil. So uh, it's crazy what's what? happened. I look at the numbers. They're the highest numbers in years, many years, oil. Yeah. So let's let's talk solutions, because uh, we know that the Saudis have refused a request by this administration to increase production. Oil is the story. Brent and crude topping one hundred and nine dollars a barrel right now. Mr. President, should uh, Joe Biden immediately reopen the moratorium on on oil and the sector and drilling in the U.S.? What is the solution to getting oil prices lower? 
Well, of course he should, and uh, I see that Saudi and Saudi Arabia and also OPEC as a whole, uh, they've rejected every single request that they've made. We're like a bunch of fools. We had energy so low. In fact, I was fighting to keep it up. Do you remember it went down to numbers that nobody's ever seen before? We got it back up. We got it to 40 dollars and that was good everybody could make money and yet at the same time we were a dollar 87 at the pump for gasoline we never had it so good and we were doubling the size of our companies everything was incredible and then these guys came along and i saw that you mentioned border a little while ago they opened the border uh, three weeks they could have finished the wall the wall was almost complete and they could have finished the wall and we had the strongest border we've ever had and that included not only for people getting through illegally. That also included drugs and uh, trafficking, human trafficking, which is a tremendous problem. We had the best border we've ever had in the history of our country. Now we have the worst. And we have the worst situation in oil that we've ever had. And this is what's causing inflation. You know, if you want to knock inflation or at yeah. least take a big chunk out of it, what you do is lower the hell out of your oil prices. And we could do that. But it's going to take a while to start it up. I mean, the problem is with this gentleman, he really destroyed it, and it's going to take a while to to do it. We had we would have been so, selling to everybody in Europe. We were we were we were uh, hitting it, home run after home run after home run, and then it was just ended, stupidly ended. And now you know they well, the uh, they talk the climate, but the climate we had the best numbers on climate. We had the best air numbers, the best water numbers, mm, cleanest water, cleanest yeah. air in decades. Instead, Mr. President, uh, the administration is actually increasing its imports from Russia. My guests earlier in the show said that they expect oil to go to $150 a barrel, even $200 uh, if uh, sanctions uh, are placed on Russian gas. Should the president put sanctions on the oil sector of Russia? He should open it up in the United States and he should buy no, no oil whatsoever from Russia. But he should open it up. It'll take a while. That's the problem. We had it there already. And this would have been uh, our country would have made an absolute fortune, more money than it's ever made on this situation. Now, the situation itself would have never happened. So we wouldn't have had that problem. But we had low energy costs and we were it was very abundant. And now they've closed all the leases. They've uh, They've ended uh, exploration. They knocked out Anwar in yeah. Alaska, which could have been bigger than Saudi Arabia. It was going to be among the biggest sites in the world. Could have been as big or bigger than Saudi Arabia. They knocked it out. It took 50 years of uh, people trying to get it approved. Nobody could. Get, Ronald Reagan couldn't get it approved. I got it approved, and they knocked it out in one day. So where do you think oil prices are going, and will that have an impact on the broader economy? What is your take? Well, they're going unlimited right now. You can't even project. It could go anything. It could go unlimited. I, I couldn't believe last night when he said what, that he was going to continue to buy. Uh, oh, yeah. Why? I mean, why not? I mean, you you won't be able to get it. And OPEC loves it. They're making a fortune. You know, you say Saudi Arabia. Uh, they're making a fortune. Why would they do anything? They have him over a barrel. The only thing he can do is just say, sorry about it with the climate hoax. Sorry about it. Look. This climate situation is killing our country. And I know it's politically not correct because people don't understand it, and they don't. But I understood it with the best air, the best water, the best everything else, and not destroying our businesses. This is killing our country. Uh, we have China that doesn't partake. We have India 
that doesn't partake, and we have Russia that don't partake. None of them partake in cleaning the climate. They laugh at us how stupid we are. We clean the climate, and then their air flows to us from Asia, just like all their garbage flows to us through the Pacific Ocean. You ever see what happens in what? Los Angeles, where hundreds and thousands of tons of China garbage is floating the tides? Bring it right. So we have nice, clean water, wow. and you're not allowed to put your toe in the water, and yet you have 25,000 tons of garbage flowing in from China and other countries in Asia and hitting us on the West Coast. Uh, we are we are yeah. so foolish. Uh, the, the the whole thing with the climate is uh, just out of control. Unless everybody's going to do it, it makes us non-competitive, and everybody has to do it. That includes China and Russia and India and many other countries. Well, Joe Biden uh, is hoping that China keeps its promises when it comes to climate. And the other day, John Kerry said he hopes that the war in Ukraine doesn't take the focus off of climate for China. Do you think China will keep its promises on climate? Absolutely not, because they don't do that. They see stupid people that they're dealing with, and they just take advantage of it. Uh, you understand what's happening over there. First of all, they're buying the oil from now. They're buying it all from Iran. When I was there, I didn't allow them to buy. They didn't buy anything from Iran because we were ready to make a deal with Iran. Iran was in a bad position. We were ready to make a deal with them. And, and China understood they can't buy or we would not do business with them. They made a fortune off our country, although I took in hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs and taxes on China. First time anybody ever took in 10 cents. We took in hundreds of billions they were not uh, exactly unhappy to see me go with a rigged election. So it was uh, really, it's really something. When I look at what's happening, our country is like it's run by fools. When you see that they don't even want to stop, we're paying, think of this, we're fighting Russia. We're watching a Holocaust. We're watching something that I've never seen before, the way that they're going to go in there, blowing up buildings with children, with women, with, with uh, professionals, with People, think of just people. They're blowing up indiscriminately. They're just shooting massive missiles and, and rockets into these buildings, and everybody's dying. The numbers are far worse than what you're seeing on television. I don't know. They're keeping them down. Yeah. When you see buildings being blown up and then they say one person died, give me a break. Many people are dying, and we're allowing this to happen. It would have never happened. It should have never happened. Putin never would have done it with me. I can tell you that. And yeah. Very importantly, the energy is really at the bottom of it. He's making, he makes so much money. We're paying, think of it, we're fighting him. They're doing a, a, a thing that nobody's ever seen on television before. Nobody's ever seen anything like what's happening right now. You see one person yeah. die in a, an apartment blaze in Brooklyn, New York, and you think it's horrible. Here you have hundreds of buildings on fire and people are dying and we're yeah. not doing anything about it. And on top of it, we're paying them all of this money for their oil. It's crazy. Yeah. And we have more oil than they do. Maria, we were going to be Ms. bigger Ms. than both of them put together. Yep. Ms. President, as one way of getting back, should, should Ukraine be admitted to NATO? Well, I, look, that's a decision that you're going to have to make. Right now, it would be a lot easier to say yes than it would have been uh, six months ago. Six months ago, you knew Ukraine was on the tip always because Russia's been there for a long time. Do you notice that everyone's talking about it? Even Chuck Todd the other day mentioned it, which is rather amazing. 
He said, how come none of this stuff happened during the Trump administration? Why didn't they take Ukraine during the Trump administration? And by the way, Taiwan's going to be next. Just watch Taiwan. He's watching President well, Xi that's is what watching I ask it you. with Lee. I want to ask you about that because a U.S. delegation is visiting Taiwan in a show of support. There are fears mounting of a Chinese invasion in Taiwan. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo arrived there today, and he got a warm welcome. President Trump, do you expect China to invade Taiwan sooner rather than later? I do, because they're seeing how stupid the United States is run. They're seeing that our leaders are incompetent, and, and of course they're going to do it. This is their time. They did nothing on Ukraine. They do nothing. If you remember, I was the one that got the anti-tank missiles into Ukraine. Uh, Obama gave blankets. You remember when I first came in, they said Obama gave nothing. He gave blankets. If they didn't have those anti-tank missiles, they wouldn't have any chance. They would have been wiped out on day one. It's very bad now, obviously, but, you know, it's very hard. There's such a difference in size and magnitude. But I'm the one that got all of that. Yeah, I see it happening in Ukraine yeah. uh, rather, rather soon because President Xi happens to be a man with a high intelligence level. And he looks at what happened in Afghanistan, the way we pulled out. Not that we were pulling out because I was the one that got it down to 2,000 soldiers. But we hadn't had anybody yeah. shot in 18 months. Not one soldier was killed in 18 months. He saw the way that we left Afghanistan like a surrender and left $85 billion and death behind and left American citizens there that are still trying to get out. And, and he sees that. And this is his opportunity to do what he wants to do, which is he and he's wanted to do that. And China's wanted to do that for decades. Uh, Mr. President, let me get your thoughts. I want to come back to Putin, and I want to ask you what his end game is. But, but let me ask you about Germany, because throughout your presidency, you kept saying that Germany needs to pay its fair share, NATO members need to pay its fair share. Are you feeling vindicated this week, seeing that Germany is, in fact, stepping up on its defense spending and, in fact, did send weaponry to Ukraine? Well, I am feeling somewhat vindicated, but they're not doing enough because they never do. You know, they're very good, very good negotiators. They said, let the United States do it. Let the United States pay most of the NATO money. Don't forget, there wouldn't be a NATO if I hadn't been president because I got them to pay $430 billion. When I first went, my first meeting at NATO, I said, look, you guys aren't paying. I looked at the chart. They weren't paying. 20 out of the 28 countries were not current. Many were totally delinquent. And I said, if you don't pay, we're not going to defend you. Very, and I took a lot of heat for that. And guess what? Everybody paid. They were all paying. So NATO has the money now, but they're not doing the job they should be doing. I mean, what you have going on in Ukraine is just unbelievable that that can happen. And it, again, it, it's, it's almost like they're staying away. Oh, oh, he's going to do other bad things if we go in, if we do anything. Look, this should have never happened. It would have never happened. It played right into their hands. Biden said such weak statements at the beginning that Putin said, oh, wow, this is my time to go. He said, we will never fight them. We will never do. Whether you're going to fight them or not, you don't yeah. go out and say that publicly. You'll never fight them. He said, we'll never fight them. We'll only sanction them. When Putin heard that, he said sanctions. Now, Putin's endgame, we'll have to see, because Ukraine's put up a good fight. It's been much tougher on Putin than he thought. I thought he. I think he felt he was going to just roll in, but they put up 
a good fight. By the way, using the anti-tank missiles that I got them, that were given by me, the Trump administration, Biden gave them very little. And, and Obama gave them nothing except blankets. You know that story. I mean, it's a well-known story. Seldom yes. written about. But Ukraine's put up a very, very good fight, uh, far better than most people thought possible. Uh, but now it looks like you're in big trouble, big trouble. Well, President Zelensky is being hailed as the uh, modern Winston Churchill. I know you've met him. What does Zelensky need to do right now? And you say we've gone wrong in Ukraine. What is the most important move that this administration needs to be making to stop this fighting in Ukraine? Well, I like President Zelensky for another reason, because he was very honest. I mean, when they asked him about the phone call, the perfect phone call, as I call it, when they asked him about it, he said Trump did nothing. He didn't even know what they were talking about. He could have lied mm. and said, oh, well, I felt threatened or something like that. He never said that. He said on numerous occasions, what are they doing in the United States with that phone call? That was a perfect call. It was a call of congratulations because he just won the presidency. And he, he was so good in that sense, you know, because you never know what you're going to get out of politics, Marie. You know that better than perhaps almost anybody in the world. But Zelensky said... President Trump did nothing wrong, but they carried it on and they kept going. You know, the fakers with Nancy Pelosi and Shifty Schiff and all these characters, these are sick people. But they carried it on. But Zelensky was very brave in that because he could have very easily made up a story that he felt threatened. And he said, no, that was a perfect call. He did nothing wrong. So, you know, in that way, yeah. you know, I got to see an early version of him. And I was very impressed by him. I've told that to a lot of people. I was very yeah. impressed. He told so the truth. What, what should but it Biden do? Been better for yeah. him or easier not to do that. But what about Go Biden? Ahead. What does Joe Biden need to do now to stop the fighting in Ukraine? You said they've gone wrong. How? What should he he's do? He's got to get them the weaponry that he needs, and he's got to open up the oil. He's got to open it up, and he's got to open it up today, not tomorrow. Got to open up the oil, mm -hmm. and you'll get the prices down, and that'll affect inflation tremendously. But it'll also affect uh, Russia because you got to stop paying Russia right now. Okay, let me put it a different way: stop paying Russia immediately. Don't buy oil from Russia. Mm -hmm. Now the problem is that's going to really drive oil up because we don't have oil anymore. We don't have drilling anymore. We don't have nearly the supplies. And you know what he's doing? I I filled up first time in 60 years. I filled up the strategic national reserves. He's now giving that oil out to other countries to try and keep the oil price down. Can you believe it? So I filled it up, 75 million barrels I got at a very low price. That was when the oil was just about at its lowest. I said, tell me about the strategic reserves, sir. They haven't been filled in 60 years or 50 years. I said, right. let's fill it up. Oil is really low. Let's fill it up. You know, I filled it up, Maria. Do you know he's using what I did to lower oil prices, and he shouldn't be using it for that. It's supposed to be used for our war, for emergencies. So I fill it up. Nobody wants to write that story because, you know, it's not a good thing to write when Trump does all these things mm. correctly. So I filled up the oh. National Strategic Reserve right to the top, Maria, right to the top. You couldn't get a drop more in there. And now this guy's emptying it to try and keep the oil press down. What he has to do is he has to create new energy. And, you know, the windmills aren't going to do it, okay? The windmills are not going to do yeah. it. Windmills all over the place. Well, 
We, we are just getting new uh, data out. We're getting breaking news on February payrolls from ADP, Mr. President, up 475,000 for the month. I want to get your take on the broader economy because for the first time in a long time, we're hearing the threat of recession, partly because of the price of oil, partly because of the supply chain issues. Do you expect the economy to hit recession this year or next? Well, it would look like it. We have no growth, and we have no spirit, and the energy is driving everybody out of business. You know, all these, uh, the very liberal groups up in New England, they're paying the highest energy almost in the world. Uh, you know where they get their, uh, you know where they get their oil from? Russia. Russia gives the oil to. It's all done by Russia. With me, nobody. We were, we weren't even dealing with Russia. We didn't need Russia anymore. We were off and going off of Russia. And going off, we were totally out of OPEC. We didn't need anybody. We had all our own. And we were exporting oil for the first time. So think of it. If a thing like this mm. happened, we would have taken care of Europe and the rest of the world. And we would have doubled up our production immediately because it was all set to go. We could have ramped that up very quickly. Well, we had to hold it back. It was raring to go. Yeah. And we, could have, we, we, actually, we actually had to hold it back so that the companies could make a living. I mean, it was, it was so plentiful. Well, the president last night attacked your tax cuts, even though the lowest uh, on, on the income scale actually saw their wages go up the highest. Uh, this president right. is still trying to get his spending through. Your, your reaction to him doubling down on his spending agenda, even in the face of 30 trillion debt? Well, he did. He attacked it. And the Washington Post of all newspapers gave him a lot of Pinocchios for that. They said it was a lie, and it was a lie. You know, we had the best tax plan, and, and it's still in effect. And I can't imagine that the Republicans can let that uh, change, because you'll really—you want to see a recession, uh, do something where you're going to raise taxes. This is the only group of people—I don't know, you know, they obviously cheat on elections a lot. That was evident, because what happens well, is Mr. they President, want to raise yeah. taxes. Think of it. They, Maria, they want to raise taxes— and how do you how do you do that? And I've never heard of people yeah. raising taxes, getting elected. But he wants to raise taxes that will totally kill the economy, totally kill it. All all of these reasons, the president's approval ratings are hitting the basement, Mr. President. Now you've got a career low for Joe Biden of 37 percent in a recent ABC and Washington Post poll. Uh, the things that you're saying obviously resonating with the American people. What is the impact of approval ratings so low? Well, first of all, I don't believe 37 percent, because if you believe that he's got a 37 percent, that means that 37 percent of the people in this country. Open border last night, but no real solutions in terms of closing it. Do you believe him when he says that this is an issue, that he believes that the wide open border is an issue? He went to the Dreamers and immigration. Well, it was amazing because he I actually talked about, about the border. Well, that was weird. Did you guys, you guys saw that, right? Like, it kind of, like, did a weird cut there. Let me, let me, let's go back and see what was up with that. That was weird. Hold on, hold on, let's see. In a recent ABC and Washington Post poll, uh, the things that you're saying obviously resonating with the American people. What is the impact of approval ratings so low? Well, first of all, I don't believe 37 percent, because if you believe that he's got a 37 percent, that means that 37 percent of the people in this country. Open border last night, but no real solutions in terms of. 
I wonder why that happened. Uh, so, okay, so we all know Fox News is establishment-run media, right? No, everyone here is savvy to that, right? Like, we all know that Fox News is just like CNN, it's just like MSDNC, it's just like all of them. Anyone on a major network, they all got a boss, okay, and that boss, they have a boss, and that boss has a boss, and they just so happen to be working for, like, one of the six main, one of the six only media, like, major network. There's only six of them. There's six media companies that control all media. And they're all owned by BlackRock, right? Okay, so now that we, now that if you didn't know that, now you know, okay? So, so they just did a cut. Now, I don't know if, because this, this video is coming off Rumble, right? So I don't know if that was a cut in the actual interview that aired on Fox, or if the person who uploaded this video to Rumble cut that. But I don't think someone would record this or, you know, I, the way I do it is I have to, like, uh, screen record. And then from there I, like, do a whole bunch of uh, juggling just to get the video itself, right? But I don't think someone would go through all that trouble to cut that. So I bet you money Fox News cut that because they don't want you to hear about President Trump's opinion on the true polling numbers. Because actually 37%, if you look at it, Biden's sinking approval rating, 37% is actually higher than I've seen, okay? I've seen Joe Biden's approval rating in the 20s, but Fox News has put him in the mid to high 30s. So maybe that's what's up with that. Maybe Fox News cut President Trump saying, I don't believe that it's as high as 37%. Maybe President Trump was going to say it's probably really in the low, the upper teens to lower 20s, which is actually where I have seen Biden's approval ratings. I've seen Biden's approval ratings in the mid to low 20s, okay? Not in the mid to upper 30s. So uh, that was probably a Fox News edit. They probably cut that, edited it, and, and got it out of there because they don't want people to uh, have that perspective again. Fox News is an enemy organization, guys. Even as America First Patriots, even on a network like this, <laughs> network, even on a show, even on a channel like this, like uh, we're not beholden to Fox News, guys, at all, at all. They're just as bad as oh, uh, as uh, as uh, Newsmask, guys. Newsmask, ladies and gentlemen. I still got to bring you the sauce on Newsmask, guys. I still haven't told you what I heard about Newsmask. Anyways, let's get back to this interview. We're almost done. We've got about uh, eh, 10 more minutes and then we're gonna get in, we're gonna catch up on some news we haven't caught up on yet in a minute. Uh, it'll be worth the wait, I think, at least to most of my audience. All right, here we go. Well, first of all, I don't believe 37 percent, because if you believe that he's got a 37 percent, that means that 37 percent of the people in this country. Open border last night, but no real solutions in terms of closing it. Do you believe him when he says that this is an issue, that he believes that the wide open border is an issue? He went to the dreamers and immigration. Well, it was amazing because he actually talked about the border, but he's not doing anything about it. He mentioned the border. We have to do something about the border, and that'll be the last you hear about it. 
until the election time, if you want to know the truth. That's going to be the last you hear. Look, I couldn't believe it. When we had it so good, all of the Border Patrol and ISIS and all these guys, these are, these are friends of, you know, look. By the way, speaking, ISIS, ISIS, we had ISIS defeated. Very few people came in from ISIS. And you know what happened? When you look at what happened at the border with ISIS and what happened with these terrorist groups, it's been amazing. You can ask law enforcement. But when you look at, at uh, the Border Patrol and these people, they're all friends of mine. These are great, great people. And they saw what I did at the border. They say what, saw what I did on terrorists and ISIS, where we defeated ISIS in the Middle East. It was an amazing thing. Nobody thought it could be done. And we defeated ISIS in the Middle East and many other things. And now it all, they're rebuilding. Everything is just going wrong. And it's all self-inflicted. I, I guess inflation is self-inflicted, yep. Maria. Uh, the border is self-inflicted. The crime is self-inflicted. These are all things that that we we were just in such great shape. We were now going to get involved in these Democrat-run cities and send people in to stop the crime. And that was starting to yeah. really have an impact. We were just starting it because we had to, because they were unable to stop it. Well, many of our adversaries did not know what to expect with you, Mr. President. I want to get your take on how Joe Biden needs to respond to people like Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. I mean, given the atrocious actions taken by Putin in the last seven days, possible crimes against humanity, that's what Boris, uh, Boris Johnson just said, crimes against humanity. Uh, would you still afford Putin respect at this time, and how would you push back on Xi Jinping for the continued surveillance and theft of intellectual property right now? The biggest problem we have is that our president and our country is no longer respected. Now, Russia has gotten in deeper than they ever thought possible, so they would, frankly, I think they probably would be right now in a good position to do something with. I think they're in much deeper than they thought, to a certain extent because of the, the weapons that I gave and that the Ukrainians used so well. I mean, they used so well. Amazing. So I think Russia is something could be done with them right now because they're not they're not like looking what? so What's good. The they're looking, but they are looking. Well, they have to you have to work out a deal. They have to stop killing these people. They're killing all these people. And they have to stop it, and they have to stop it now. But they don't respect the United States, and the United States is like, I don't know, they're, they're not doing anything about it. This is, a, this is a holocaust. This is a horrible thing that's happening. You're witnessing it, and you're seeing it on television every night. Who can believe that they're, sh so, they're taking army so tanks and they're it, taking missiles and oil? shooting them into buildings? Do you hit their oil sector? Do you hit their energy sector? Well, you do you get oil? where Putin's money is? You stop buying their oil, and that will do it. You stop buying their oil because they're right now with, with all of the banking stuff, but they're letting all these billions of dollars a day go back into Russia. You stop buying their oil, and you open up your own oil. We don't need oil from these countries. These countries are not our friends. We don't need oil from them. We have more oil. You know, the biggest advantage we have over China is the fact that they don't have oil, and we do. It's right. It's liquid gold under our feet. And we have oil, and China doesn't. So China has to go out and get it. Now, they're getting it from Iran and making Iran rich because that allowed. And the, the worst thing is in this whole is that China and Russia, because of Biden and Obama, they've, they've formed an alliance. And that is something that this world never wanted to see happen. China and Russia 
have formed a partnership, they formed an alliance, and that's something that you never wanted to see happen. And we had the Russia, Russia, and, and Russia to, hoax. Yeah, we have to mention yeah. that in that partnership, Mr. President, Iran has been allowed into the fold. They were yeah. doing joint exercises, right. the three of them. Now Joe Biden is trying to get us back into the Iran deal, the deal that you took America out of. Um, amazingly, Russia is negotiating on our behalf. Your thoughts on the Iran threat. What should the U.S. do now? Well, it's all stuff you can't believe. Russia is our chief negotiator in the Iran deal. The Iran deal was going to meant the end of Israel, and it meant nuclear weapons. You know, when I did uh, Jerusalem, the, the capital for Israel, when I did that, they thought it was the biggest deal. No, the biggest deal was I ended the Iran deal. You're not going to have an Israel if that deal goes through. You won't have an Israel. Israel will be obliterated uh, at, within a period of time. And what they've done is they've brought back, they're trying to make an even worse deal than it was the one that I terminated. I terminated a deal that was so bad and so dangerous for our country, for Israel, and yeah. for everyone else, because these are zealots, and they will use those weapons. They will use those weapons. And I had it totally stopped. Now China is making them rich because China is buying oil. Yeah. They weren't allowed to buy oil when I was president, and we were going to make a great deal with Iran, and everybody would have been happy. Well— Real quick, Mr. President, on China, they canceled the China initiative. This was a, an investigation that you started because of the intellectual property theft. Why is Joe Biden canceling the investigation of property theft? Has it stopped? Well, I don't know, but he got a million, a billion and a half dollars uh, from China, and a lot of people worry about that. He got a billion and a half dollars. And he's being so nice to China. It's amazing. And China's not our friend. China is a highly competitive uh, group of people that are not looking to help the United States. They couldn't believe when I did the All tariffs right. on them. I saved our steel industry. Yep. They couldn't believe it. But they paid us hundreds of billions of dollars during my term. They never paid us 10 cents at any other time. They paid us hundreds yep. of billions of dollars. They were very happy Mr. to see President, us leave. Final, final question here. Uh, we all remember the pictures of Nancy Pelosi standing behind you in your State of the Union back in 2020 and ripping up your script. Any thoughts of Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris sitting there behind President Biden last night and uh, applauding and, and, and standing up for his State of the Union? Your reaction? Yeah, well, if you read the paper, she's not allowed to rip up scripts. You're not allowed to do that. That's a very important thing. That's not a script. That's a very important speech, State of the Union speech. So she's not allowed to do that. Historical. So if you read the papers, why is, she why is she allowed to do that? So it's very interesting. But, no, look, uh, I watched them. They were so gleeful. It was a false lee. You know, they're jumping up and down and hopping around and smiling at each other, the two of them. And what he said was, just so bad for our country. He didn't talk about oil prices. He didn't talk about inflation, meaning anything to do to fix it. And by the way, we had a very big night last night that nobody talks about either in Texas. I endorsed 33 yeah. candidates, many of whom were not favored. I endorsed 33 candidates, and every one of those candidates either won and won easily, like the governor, like the lieutenant governor, etc. They either won and won easily, or they're very substantially leading and they'll have a primary, and they're going to mm. win in the primary. So, you know, we had 33 yeah, well, for 33 last night. 
It, congrats. We are on uh, the midterm watch that. for hey, sure. Maria, nobody's going to write it that. It has begun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The season Ms. President, is thank beginning, you so much for your time night. this morning. Thank you very much, Maria. We so thank appreciate you. you joining me this morning, Mr. President. Thank you. President Donald Trump. Markets this morning are... Great interview. Uh, I mean, for it being Maria Bartiromo, for it being on Fox News, right? Like, see, I got ties everywhere. Okay, so... <laughs> Anyways, guys, this is some interesting key information there. Some stuff that I think some people would cue into more than others, though. Uh, you know, there's just, you know, that's why I was saying at the onset of today's episode, there's just so much news out there. Actually, no, I take it back. There's so much information out there. You know, we are being bombarded left and right, up and down, back and forth. Left and right already said that. But the point of the matter is that, you know, there's a lot of information going on out there. So we can all take it for what it's worth. We can follow our gut. We can follow our good senses. We can follow the research that we've been doing. We can follow the reading that we've been reading. We can follow the shows that we've been watching. You know, like when it comes to this entire uh, situation in Russia and Ukraine, for example... I mean, if I were just going to sit back and listen to the words of the president and, uh, and, and cast a vote for everyone that he endorses and, uh, and go and get the jab just because he talks about getting the jab, right? If I were that kind of a person, I would sit back and say, that's right, Russia is going over there bombing everyone and blowing everyone up and Russia, 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 but he's the president, guys, and... Uh, you know, people like me who have some sense of what, uh, of history, who have, who have, who have the slightest sense of history, uh, and a pretty medium to mediocre sense of what I understand based on everything that I've witnessed, experienced, learned, felt, everything since I've been awake, and then some sense of a lot of events leading up to that point. Uh, the, the hardest thing here is, guys, is that if we were to consider everything we've learned since we've been awake, if we were to consider everything that was taught to us or everything that helped us wake up, if we were to consider all of the news and all of the information that we've seen in that entire time, we could all still totally be wrong about everything. Right? Wrong. No, wrong. Right? Right. Like, we could still all be totally wrong about it. Right? They could be like, well, the fact of the matter is that uh, every head of the state, every country, every military, they're all aliens. They're all aliens and clones, and none of them were ever good guys, and they've just been uh, using our energy of belief whether it's believing in the white hats, believing in the black hats, believing in the gray hats, as long as it's believing in something. That's what they could be like. They could be like, they could be like, yeah, they, they, they're just, they're just belief energy vampires. Every single one of them. Military, uh, heads of business, heads of state, heads of media, uh, reporters, pundits, all of them. They're all aliens from the planet uh, Flutar, and uh, they just feed on belief, and they have been here giving us a perpetual cycle of things to believe in, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, positive or negative, it doesn't matter. They just needed you to believe so they could feed on your belief. That's what it could be, guys. After all of this, after all of this, 
They just needed us to believe in something so that they could sustain themselves. What are we going to do? Okay, this is not Mr. C in the dark, so we're not going to get totally unhinged. But you guys get what I'm saying here? Like, all of this, you know? And so, like, you know, President Trump can get up there and he can say what he's got to say about Russia. And that's going to conflict with what I think is going on, you know? But, I mean, he probably knows a whole lot more than I know. But at the same time, from my perspective, he has to play it a certain way so that this way he can uh, move a certain narrative long. And it just so happens that as long as I keep that in my mind, then I don't get all, you know, like, damn it, I was wrong. Or, you know, like, crap, you know, Russia, it really is killing Ukraine. It gets, I mean, we're at this point in our existence where everyone who wants to engage in any type of truth and knowledge is being forced to play 10D chess, guys. Like, they're like, okay, if you want to step up to the, to the threshold of truth, Pick up your sword and get ready to play 10D chess because the only way you're going to get to this truth is if you can make it through this chessboard, guys. Like, it's the only way. They're making us work for our knowledge as well. But you know what? Just as well, because just like they're making us work to keep our freedom and work to keep our liberty and work to keep our ability to move around and to be free moral agents, guys, as long as they're doing that, you know, we may as well work for our truth as well. We work hard for that money. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> now, Bubbles says, Hey, Bubbles, how's it going? And WC Cranop, thank you so much for gifting the gold pills over there. Tam Growl, appreciate you also gifting those gold pills. Now, as uh, Bubbles says, remember, we live in Satan's worlds. Lies, 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 right? And that's what makes it so hard to parse through for the truth, you know? And it could all be lies, just like I said. You know what? It, it, they're all aliens from the planet Flutar, which reigns from the ninth layer of hell. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. They just need you to believe in something, whether that is good or bad, whether that is right or wrong, whether that is uh, positive or negative, just so they can feed off of our belief system, our, our belief juice. <laughs> what if in some alternate reality they're feeding off our belief juice like they feed off the blood of adrenalized children's blood right i said that all wrong but it's okay all right guys so well there you go you know um we'll just leave that as it is i mean ultimately we're going to have to wait and see what the actual price or prize is going to be now i'm still being an everlasting optimist, I'm still of the mind that uh, good things are around the corner, okay? I'm still of the mind that good things are around the corner. I'm still doing things in my own personal life that reflect that to the best of my ability. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, what else can we do, guys? Live a good life, live an honest life, as honest as possible, as good as possible. You know, be good to people, be kind, be genuine, be sincere. So that's why I might get a little bit snarky, but I don't get sarcastic. Aha! What is this? Who is that? What's she doing on the screen? I told you guys we were going to catch up with some news we haven't caught up with in a minute. Okay. All right. So here's what I got for you guys on the menu because my podcast audience is starving. 
for information on Ghislaine Maxwell and all of that that's happened since we've been distracted by Ukraine-Russia. And let me tell you what, guys, this really did serve as a massive distraction. We've had a major fall through, not fallout, not breakout, not breakthrough, a fall through in the case of the Prince Andrew trial with uh, Virginia Roberts Jufree, guys. Very, very, very disappointing turnaround in the case of Virginia Roberts Jufree and Prince Andrew. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about Ghislaine Maxwell first, because, you know, it's been Russia, Russia, Russia. And uh, Ghislaine has been do Ghislaine has been a footnote. Prince Andrew has been a footnote. All of this has been a footnote. Well, let's not forget that these pederast, human trafficking, crimes against humanity, evil filth still have a narrative to be watching. Okay, because guys. This is what they needed. Maybe this is why they have Russia, guys. You know, just like, uh, you know, okay, since I'm finding out more and more about Zelensky, guys, as the days turn into uh, weeks, turn into months, turn into years kind of thing. So, um, well, we're going to see, guys. We're going to see what the deal is, okay? We're going to see what the deal is when we're talking about what's going on in that uh, term of things now. You know, I mean, it's it's just, it's good cover, guys. You know, a, a really good example of a cover. You guys, Did any of you guys hear about that explosion that supposedly happened in Washington, D.C. near the Russian embassy, right? You guys heard about that, right? Like, there were news reports everywhere. Explosion rocks Washington, D.C. near Russian embassy. Can't find anything. And they covered it, guys. They covered it, the, they covered the story. So what really happened at 1 a.m. in Washington, D.C. that everybody heard a massive explosion in Washington, D.C., but there's nothing, nothing. And then and then how do they cover it up, guys? Do you guys know how they covered it up? An apartment building explodes, right? So they covered it up the next day. They covered up the news cycle is what I'm saying. Because you have all these people on social media talking about an explosion that they heard at 1 a.m. So when people wake up the next morning and they're like, what is this that they're talking about? An explosion. They cover it up. They cover it up in the news cycle with an apartment building that supposedly explodes. Now, there are pictures. The apartment building caught fire and it blew its top, guys. I saw the photos. But this happened at 10 in the morning. Approximately nine hours after the explosion that everyone heard near the Russian embassy. Now, I'm just going to speculate, but I'm going to say it. There was probably an explosion deep underground, and that's what I think that they heard. But in order to curtail the conspiracy theorists, in order to curtail investigations in order to satisfy the curiosity of the low information watcher spectator person there's a story about an apartment building that blew its top at 10 in the morning in washington dc so all of the news media newspapers start talking about this apartment building that blew its top so that when anyone talks about an explosion the first thing that comes to mind is 
An apartment building blew up at 10. And then you have to dig a little bit deeper before you realize people were talking about an explosion that happened at 1 a.m. that same morning. It's an example of a cover-up, okay? So we have this whole Russia thing going on, this whole Ukraine thing going on. Now, Ghislaine is still in the works, okay? She hasn't quite gotten out of it yet, but Prince Andrew, that bastard got away with it, okay? The bastard got away with it. Now, let's talk about Ghislaine Andrew. Ghislaine Andrews. Ah, she could have been Ghislaine Andrews. Oh, wait, it's Prince Andrew. My bad. Anyways, okay. <laughs> no, Ghislaine could have... I mean, Ghislaine's still in the works, okay? Ghislaine, her her ship has not yet sailed. All right, so let's cover this real quick. I got to I gotta keep this stuff up to date in my, uh, in my reports, guys. So that's why we're going to go through this today. Uh, let's talk about this article here from the New York Post. Now, as you guys remember, whence we last left, last left off with Ghislaine, we had this yo-yo here. We had this, th- we had this coconut head. We had this man whose head is not as attractive as mine. No, his skull, skull, skull. Okay, that's a that's a bald joke. Okay, guys, I don't really think the world of my skull. A bald joke, right? You have a beautifully shaped skull, sir. Okay, all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. My skull looks better than his. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so we had this yo-yo here. Okay, whom I believe was a plant. I, I just about breathed those words when I found out what was going on. Okay, with the situation. The man was, uh, apparently this man was, uh, was, uh, sexually harassed or he was, I don't know, I guess he was molested as a, as a child. Apparently, uh, apparently adults are chubby chasers, right? And, uh, he was molested and sexually abused as a child. Okay. He did not answer on the questionnaire that he was abused in such a way when he was asked by judge Nathan, uh, uh, judge Nathan, he didn't say yay or nay. Actually, Judge Nathan did not even ask him if he had been uh, abused at any point in his life because he answered no on the questionnaire. Now, when I read that, I was like, this is done on purpose. This was done so they could throw the case out. Now, fortunately, they, uh, they have not thrown out the case based on this. But this coconut here, right? Uh, I guess he's not a coconut, right? What would he be? <laughs> A mint M&M? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so the juror has to go before the this juror. I think he's like juror number 50 or juror number 55 or something. He has to go before... Uh, um, he has to go to trial, apparently. So they can question him. All right. Ghislaine Maxwell juror to plead the fifth at hearing next week. So this is moving along. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell... They can't do anything with her. Like, her attorneys are like, throw out the case. Give us a mistrial. Give us a retrial. This guy lied and sabotaged Ghislaine. Well, I think it's more like he lied and he sabotaged the case. Okay? That's what I think. Now, apparently his name is Scotty David. And he is uh, juror number 50 or juror number 55. Let's see what the article has to say about it, guys. Now, this is within the last couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. This is actually like within a week of aging. The Ghislaine Maxwell juror who threw her case into chaos after giving a number of post-conviction interviews to the press will plead the fifth when questioned under oath next week, according to a new court filing. 
A lawyer for the juror, who was identified by his first and middle names, Scotty David, said in a letter filed Wednesday that David won't answer questions at the March 8 hearing. I write to inform the court that juror number 50 will invoke his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination at the hearing, the attorney Todd Spodek wrote in the one-page letter. In response, federal prosecutors wrote they were in the process of seeking an internal order to compel David to testify that would grant him immunity so he could not incriminate himself and invoke his right to be silent. Judge Allison Nathan last week ordered David to, to appear for the Manhattan Federal Court hearing after Maxwell's attorneys requested a new trial for the disgraced socialite, in part because of statements David made to news outlets after the verdict. I'm guessing that is uh, David Scott right up there in the corner. I see that the pastel and the pencil take about 20 pounds off the figure. <laughs> Okay, I'm being mean. All right, it's okay, I'm gaining weight. In a number of interviews, David told reporters that he had been the victim of childhood sexual abuse and even used his experience to sway his fellow panelists as they deliberated on whether to convict Maxwell. During the early stages of jury selection, potential panelists were asked in a questionnaire about whether they or close family members and friends had been accused of or were the victims of sexual abuse or harassment. David's questionnaire, unsealed last week, revealed he answered no to those questions. In court documents ordering David to appear for the hearing, Nathan wrote that his statements to the press provided clear evidence that a false statement had been made during jury selection. Jurors' 50 post-trial statements are clear, strong, substantial, and incontrovertible evidence that a specific non-speculative impropriety, namely a false statement during jury selection, has occurred. Nathan wrote, Nathan has not yet ruled on Maxwell's request for a new trial, in part because she did not want to rely on unsworn testimony the juror gave to media outlets. So she ordered David to appear for the March 8th hearing so he could question him, she could question him under oath. Maxwell, the longtime madam of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, was convicted on five of six counts last year after a lengthy trial in Manhattan federal court. Jurors found, guilty, jurors found her guilty of sex trafficking of minors and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of minors. All right, guys. So, and those are just some other stories down there. There's the, uh, there's the yo-yo head. I think he was a plant. I think, uh, I think some other people have brought up information about him. Like, you know, he's worked with some of these people before. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about him. I just know it wasn't good, guys. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think he was a plant. He might have been a plant by the DA. He, I mean, I don't, I don't think he was a plant on the side of the judge because she's not allowing the trial to go to mistrial or retrial until after his situation's taken care of. That doesn't mean that this isn't going to go south, though, guys. You know, because I had, I had a lot of hopes for what was going on with uh, Prince Andrew. So what, what do we got left, guys? What do we got left? We got 
the Virginia Roberts, Jufree, and Alan Dershowitz trial left. And uh, we got the sentencing of Ghislaine Maxwell left. And we have another pimp of Epstein dead, who we'll cover here in just a minute. Okay. Let's see here. What does this say? Uh, this article from the Dishonorable Mention Newsweek, Ghislaine Maxwell prosecutor invokes victim's right in a new court dispute. Okay, so this one I think is two days old. So we are staying abreast on Ghislaine uh, Maxwell. No pun intended because I'm pretty sure no one wants to stay abreast with her. But it says here, Ghislaine Maxwell's efforts to get a new trial have hit a stumbling block which could postpone an upcoming inquiry. The British socialite was found guilty on five out of six counts of sex trafficking girls for former lover Jeffrey Epstein to abuse after a high-profile New York trial in December of 2021. However, she wants to overturn the conviction over allegations a juror, Scotty David, gave an incorrect answer in his jury questionnaire. An inquiry is scheduled for March 8th, but her lawyers have now asked for it to be pushed back two months to May. Now, May, no, June is when she's supposed to be, uh, June is when she's supposed to be uh, sentenced, right? Or was it May? May or June is when she's being sentenced. And they want to push this inquiry back to May, which means her sentencing would get pushed back also, right? Okay. The government, however, is resisting the attempt and says that it will impact the rights of victims to a speedy resolution of the process. Good deal, Judge Nathan. Good deal. It is warning that an adjournment could delay sentencing currently scheduled for June. Ah, I was right. So it is June. And a clear indication that the U.S. attorney still believes Maxwell's conviction may not be quashed. A court filing seen by Newsweek read... The government strongly opposes defense counsel's request as an adjournment, let alone a two-month adjournment, is not in the interests of justice. As an initial matter, this case is scheduled for sentencing in June, and that date should not be delayed. The victims in this case deserve a timely resolution of this matter. Juror Scotty David told news organizations, including the Daily Mail and The Independent, that he was a victim of child sexual abuse himself and had described his own experiences in the jury room. Court filings are clear that his own history would not necessarily trigger a retrial, but Judge Allison Nathan ordered an inquiry specifically into whether the answers he gave in his jury questionnaire were inaccurate. An order by Nathan seen by Newsweek stated, To be clear, the potential impropriety is not that someone with a history of sexual abuse may have served on the jury. Rather, it is the potential failure to respond truthfully to questions during the jury selection process that ask for the material information so that any potential bias could be explored. The court denied a request to conduct a similar inquiry into a second juror, also said to have been a victim of sexual abuse. David indicted through uh, David indicated through his lawyer that he will exercise his Fifth Amendment right to avoid self-incrimination. However, Maxwell's attorney suggested the government is in the process of negotiating immunity to enable him to testify. A court filing seen by Newsweek read, 
In response to a letter from Juror 50's counsel indicating the juror's intention to assert the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination at the upcoming hearing, the government has informed the court it is in the process of making an application for a grant of immunity for the juror. Juror number 55 publicly stated that he answered all questions honestly. Ms. Maxwell's requests a proffer from Jury 50's counsel explaining the basis for his client's assertion of the Fifth Amendment and the government's willingness to provide immunity to Juror number 50. It's all hogwash, guys. They're like, well, we'll let you be immune to any, uh, oh, I don't know, perjury. Just tell us the truth so we can get a retrial. So that we can claim that you, sir, have influenced unfairly a, uh, a jury of your peers. Hogwash, says Bubbles. I'm right there with you, girl. Or guy, girl. I'm right there with you. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Just another day in clown world, right, guys? <laughs> Just another day in clown world. Speaking of clowns. Speaking of drawers, hold on to yours. Yeah, guys. You want to talk about a clown world? You want to talk you want to talk about justice? Not being served? Look at those child chompers, ladies and gentlemen. Look at those child chompers. Prince Andrew. The bastard gets away with it. Now, you know, I've never walked even a centimeter in Virginia Roberts' Jufri's shoes, ladies and gentlemen. But based on the fact that she's willing to take a settlement tells me she doesn't give a damn about justice. She doesn't give a damn about the other victims. She said herself there's hundreds of them. But rather than take this guy to court, to take this man to trial, rather than to make history, and, and you'd, think, you'd think that would be just as important to her as the money, right? She takes a settlement. She takes a settlement. Now, like I said, I've never walked a millimeter in Virginia Roberts' Jufri's shoes. I'm no one to talk. I've never experienced anything like what she has gone through. But I don't know, guys. I would think for all the hubbub, for all the hullabaloo, for all the talk about justice, 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 and these people can't get away with this, why would you take a settlement if you really felt that way? Is kind of what I'm screaming right now, okay? I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know if they're threatening her, if she's under duress. We don't know any of that. But for everything that she has said, for all the claims she has made, you know what this is mean? She's going she's gonna to come back, right? Watch this. She's going to come back in another five or ten years. And just like she did with Epstein in his first case in 0809, whenever it was, she's going to relitigate... If she's not dead before then, she got paid $12 million. 
out of the dead queen's, uh, you know, uh, funds there. I believe that the queen is dead, by the way. Anyways, that's not, that's neither here nor there, guys. We're not here to talk about, uh, the old skin bag lizard lady. Queen Lilibet. Miss, Li Miss Little Lizbeth. We're not here to talk about his mama. And where did you get those child chompers from, Prince Andrew? But, uh... They're probably gonna, they're probably gonna, they're probably gonna send the Royal Guard after Virginia Roberts Jufree, guys. This woman would have been better served to have taken this man to court and not be settling. Okay? Because unlike with Epstein, whom uh, people like the Clintons could separate and disasso dissociate themselves from, you know, they've got that degree of separation from Epstein, right? You don't got that with royalty, Madame Jufree, Mademoiselle, Madame Jufree. You're going to have the royal guard circling your place, lady. You think they're going to let you walk away with $12 million of the queen's dead money? I'm sorry, of the dead queen's money? Tam Growl says, last we heard she had COVID. Last we saw her alive was in October. It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg all over again, guys. There have been no new photos or videos of Queen Elizabeth II since October of last year, guys. She's already on ice. They're just waiting to roll her out. Speculation. I got no intel. I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those people who's like, I got intel. Right. My intel says this. My intel is, uh, is like headlines. <laughs> If I ever say my intel, I'm talking about the headlines I share with you guys. That's my intelligence. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's talk about Prince... Uh, I was going to say Prince Robert. What the heck? Prince Andrew. Here we go. We got another New York Post article, guys, for you. Let's see what she's got to say. Prince Andrew settles sex abuse suit with Virginia Jufree. So disappointing, guys. I had so... My, I had such high expectations, such high expectations for this trial. But you know what they say? Don't expect anything because uh, they will, uh, they will, they will thwart your expectations every time. Okay. So now I'm going to be looking at the Alan Dershowitz trial, and we'll see how that goes. Right. Tam Grell says, so that uh, Queen Elizabeth will die on a special day. Yeah, like when they need someone to uh, take up the media and uh, the media news cycle, right? So uh, let's see. What, what events could be coming up that they'll need Queen Elizabeth to die on? Oh, I know. When the first state decertifies, right? When the first date state decertifies, roll out Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> let's get her going. Come on. We need to clog up the news cycle for at least three or four days. Wisconsin just decertified the election. Let's do it now, guys. We cannot wait, right? Right? Yeah. Bubbles. That is a very true adage about money talking and uh, Prince Andrew walking, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Virginia Roberts, you free. You are such a letdown. And to think I believed in you, girl. I believed in you. Jeffrey received an estimated 12 million dead royalty dollars. 
Because everyone knows she didn't get this money. He did not get this money. You know he had to go to his... Hey, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but my mama's not going to give me $12 million because she don't got it. But like... (laughs) If I really had to, I would go to mommy also. All right, let's look at this article. It says, Prince Andrew and Virginia Roberts Jufri have reached a settlement in her sex abuse lawsuit against him, sparing potentially embarrassing details about the embattled royal from ever being made public. The sum of the settlement will not be publicly disclosed, according to the papers filed Tuesday in Manhattan Federal Court, but a source told the Post estimated total is $12 million. Jufri and Prince Andrew will file a stipulation to dismiss the case within the next month, according to the court papers, which were filed jointly by both parties. In an unsigned letter submitted as an attachment to the settlement filing, Andrew said he accepts Jufri has suffered as an established victim of sex abuse, but, but does not admit any wrongdoing. Prince Andrew has never intended to malign Miss Jufri's character, and he accepts that she has suffered both an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks, the letter states. It is known that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years. Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein and commends the bravery of Miss Jufri and other survivors in standing up for themselves and others. It adds, oh, 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 you, t- you call taking a 12 million dollar settlement standing up for others right right you call letting this man get away with what he did to you and who knows how many other victims standing up for people right you free right you know what you're a complicity theorist virginia roberts you free complicity theorist The statement claimed Andrew will fight against the evils of sex trafficking and that he'll make a substantial donation to Jufri's charity for sex crime victims. He pledges to demonstrate his regret for his association with Epstein by supporting the fight against the evils of sex trafficking and by supporting its victims, it said. One of the most vocal Epstein accusers, Jufri, sued Andrew in August, claiming the Duke of York had sex with her three times when she was 18 in London, New York, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Andrew, who was stripped of his military and royal titles in January, has long maintained his innocence. Settling the case, which had the potential to unearth damaging details about the royal dubbed Randy Andy, and bring shame to his infamous, to his famous family is a solid move for Andrew, experts said. While his public image may never recover, it makes sense for him to resolve the case. Sarah Krisoff, a former New York federal prosecutor who now, know, who now works as a white-collar criminal defense attorney, told The Post in an email. Mm-hmm. The settlement will provide some measure of closure for both sides, and Prince Andrew will avoid having every detail of alleged conduct and perhaps other conduct not yet publicly known aired. 
Kristoff added that Andrew had little to gain by proceeding to discovery and potentially a, retri- uh, potentially a trial. By settling the case, he avoids being deposed and having others close to him be deposed, she explained. He also avoids having to provide extensive documentation to Miss Jufree. The confidential settlement was reached after Jeffrey's attorney, David Boyes, said last month that he did not think she would be interested in a strictly financial settlement. A purely financial settlement is not anything I think she's interested in, he told the BBC News at that time. It is unclear how Andrews will pay for the undisclosed settlement, but the Telegraph said the Queen will fund part of it from her private duchy. <laughs> Duchy of Lancaster Estate. (laughs) Sorry. The Duchy of Lancaster Estate. After uh, Andrews received some $323,000 a year from the Queen from her private funds and collects a pension from the uh, United Kingdom Navy worth $26,000 a year, the Times of London reported. But speculation has flown that Andrew sold his ski chalet in the Swiss Alps worth the equivalent of $24 million to help pay for the settlement the Daily Mail reported. It looks like selling up was the only option for him to ensure he had the cash to pay his legal bills and fund a settlement, a neighbor in Verbier told the outlet. In a statement Monday, one of Jufri's attorneys, Sigrid McCauley, said she was pleased with the outcome. As a managing partner at a firm that has from its beginning acted upon the belief that the laws should be marshaled to bring justice to the most vulnerable, I can say without hesitation that our representation of survivors upholds that tradition, Macaulay said. Geoffrey has long claimed she was a sex trafficking victim of Epstein and his now convicted madam, Ghislaine Maxwell, beginning when she was just 17 years old. On one occasion, her suit alleged she was forced to have sex with Andrew at Maxwell's London townhouse and two other times. During this encounter, Epstein, Maxwell, and Prince Andrew forced plaintiff, a child, to have sexual intercourse with Prince Andrew against her will, the suit states. Oh, but I don't know. She settled. So is it even true? Huh. In each of the three, I just lost... I just have no respect. Anyways, in each of the three encounters... Jeffrey claimed she feared death or physical injury to herself if she did not comply with Maxwell and Epstein's orders. In January, Andrew lost his motion to dismiss his accuser's suit uh, with a Manhattan judge ruling that the case could move to trial. The Duke had argued in part that a settlement agreement Jufri inked with Epstein in 2009 barred her from bringing up the civil suit against Andrew. The argument was shot down by Judge Lewis Kaplan. Andrew has long denied the accusations made against him by Jufree, including in a disastrous televised interview with BBC in 2019, during which he made a bizarre claim that he could not have abused her because he was unable to sweat. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) I can't sweat, therefore I cannot breach the the castle. (laughs) Jeffrey had previously recalled she remembered Andrew sweating on her as they danced at a London nightclub. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how he slipped in. Anyways, we're almost in the dark, guys. Okay, so 
<laughs> a photograph reportedly taken that night shows Andrew with his arm wrapped around then 17-year-old with Maxwell grinning in the background, but the Duke of York said in his BBC interview that he could not be sure the photo is authentic. Jufri, who resides in Australia, did not testify at Maxwell's highly publicized criminal trial in Manhattan last year, but prosecutors introduced evidence in the case that purported to show she had flown around the world with the couple on Epstein's private jet. Maxwell was convicted on five of six counts at the trial, but the verdict was thrown into question after a juror revealed in a number of press interviews that he had been sexually abused as a child. Maxwell's attorneys have requested a new trial, a judge has not ruled on that. Epstein died in a lower Manhattan of apparent suicide that everyone knows was murder back in 2019 while awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. All right. Yeah, guys. That's terrible, isn't it? Man. I can't believe she settled. I can't believe she settled. Do you know how upsetting that is, guys? That is too upsetting for words. Too upsetting for words. Okay, y'all. We're going to round about here, guys. Let me see what I got for you real quick. Give me one moment. We're going to talk about uh, Jean-Luc Brunel next, guys. You all know who Jean-Luc Brunel is. And, uh, well, Jean-Luc Brunel was uh, closely associated with Epstein. Come on. Sorry, guys. My computer's being dumb real quick. I mean, it's not being dumb real quick. It's being dumb most inconveniently speaking. There we go. That's better. Uh, but, yeah. So, Jean-Luc Brunel, he was uh, closely associated with Epstein. He's said to have been a pimp for Epstein, just as Ghislaine Maxwell was. There we go. There's the man, Jean-Luc Brunel, arrested in a French prison and also found dead from hanging, just like Jeffrey Epstein. And we all know how this story goes, guys. I'm just catching this up for the archive and for uh, the record here at the Sea Report. Cameras go down. Mm-hmm. Just like Epstein. Now, what are the odds that this man is still alive, right? And he's gonna be singing like a he's gonna be singing like a a parakeet. Yeah, I don't know, guys. It kind of makes the entire situation look unbelievable. Alright, let's take a look at this. This is from the Scottish Sun. Jeffrey Epstein pal Jean-Luc Brunel, who abused Prince Andrew's sex slave Virginia Roberts, found hanged in prison. Do you suppose maybe, do you suppose maybe, uh, maybe she settled because they killed Brunel? Or do you suppose that they killed Brunel because she settled? Hmm. Yeah, guys. Jeffrey Epstein's pal Jean-Luc Brunel, who is alleged to have also abused Prince Andrew's sex slave, Virginia Dufresne, has been found dead in prison. The disgraced fashion agent was found, founded, was founded, hanged, 
last night in his prison cell at La Santé Paris. Now, uh, we have a picture of Jean-Luc Brunel with one female, two female, one tranny, another female, another female, another tranny, another female, another female, another female. Okay. All right. We got Jean-Luc Brunel. Look at his harem here, guys. Anyways, the guy looks like a sleaze bag. There's Jean-Luc Brunel in his very festive pants sitting next to Jeffrey Epstein on Lolita Express. All right. The article continues. Brunel, 76, had been indicted and remanded in custody into December 2020 following accusations of rape and sexual assault of minors, including three 12-year-old sisters. He was also being probed, no pun intended, over human trafficking and being part of a criminal conspiracy amid his association with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Described previously as the pedo multimillionaire's best mate and pimp, he is believed to have been a key member of Epstein's inner circle. Brunel will likely take many of his secrets about Epstein and his horrific trafficking ring to the grave. He has escaped justice just like the pedo millionaire himself when he was found hanged in his New York cell in 2019. There were no security cameras in Brunel's cell at the time of his death. Prosecutors said an investigation into the causes of death has been opened after he was found overnight. It is reported that he was found dead at around 1 a.m. during a night check by prison guards. The French fashion agent was detained at Charles de Gaulle Airport as he was about to take a plane to Senegal. Brunel was reportedly was reportedly was interviewed. I can hire me as your copy editor, guys. I'll fix this for you. Brunel was reportedly was interviewed after his arrest about his alleged connections with a range of figures. No period mark here. <laughs> and that reportedly includes Epstein and mates of the late pervert financier, including Maxwell and Andrew. Brunel denied involvement directly or indirectly in any of Epstein's offenses in a statement issued in 2015. It said... I strongly deny having committed any illicit act or any wrongdoing in the course of my work. Epstein victim Virginia, who settled a sex case this week out of court with the Duke of York, has claimed Brunel farmed out modeling, <laughs> like they even spelled modeling wrong, modeling hopefuls to the pedo, as well as other men for sex. She has also claimed she was forced to have sex with Brunel at Epstein's home. And she alleged that he once set up a photo shoot with seven Russian girls, which Prince Andrew watched. In 2020, Virginia also went on the attack on Duke over the arrest of Brunel. Are you sweating yet, Prince Andrew? You should be, because I'm about to settle with you. Your buddy, Jean-Luc Brunel, is behind bars. Remember those girls he supplied to you on the island, she said? Well, you might want to start thinking of new allergies because you're about to burn. This piggy will roll over. And she was talking about herself because she rolled over into $12 million, right? This piggy will roll over on everyone to save his own bacon. Those who participated in this sex trafficking ring should be worried because I can be bought out for $12 million. I am not going to let up on Virginia Roberts to free. I am absolutely disgruntled by Virginia Roberts Jufri, who for all of her talk 
settled for a measly $12 million, okay? Sorry, I don't know the inside baseball. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's happening backstage. All I know is she settled, okay? Justice will not be served, not even cold, and none of the victims, none of them, will have any right set to this wrong unless they come forward themselves, guys. Which, I mean, I'm sure maybe Virginia Roberts, Jufri, is saying the same thing. She's probably like, well, I can't be the only one. And guess what? I'm not. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Anyways, the article continues. Andrews has always denied any allegations of improper behavior over his relationship with Epstein and Maxwell. In court documents released in August 2019, Jufri claimed Brunel was one of the men Maxwell had directed her to have sex with while still a teenager. She claimed in a 2015 affidavit that Epstein bragged he had slept with over 1,000 of Brunel's girls. Brunel was introduced to Jeffrey Epstein through his pal Ghislaine Maxwell, whom he had known since the 1980s. And there are a few, a few photos here, guys. Pictures show him cavorting with Maxwell and hanging out with Epstein as the trio are believed to have been close. And one photo of him was shown at Maxwell's trial, showing him seated beside the pedo as the Brits rubbed his feet. He is alleged to have flown three sisters, 12, from a Paris housing estate to America so they could be abused by Epstein as a birthday present. The fashion boss is known to have taken on at least 25 trips on Epstein's private plane, Lolita Express. He was a regular visitor to the jail where the pedo was held in 2008, visiting at least 70 times. An avid user of cocaine, Brunel once famously defended his drug problem, saying it was fine because he did not use it during the day. <laughs> Only at night. Oh my goodness. Okay. I make sure I get all my business handled before I get high. Okay. <laughs> Many of Brunel's alleged crimes are claimed to have taken place in a Paris apartment owned by Epstein. In 2019, French cops raided the offices of Carine Models, an agency founded by Brunel. Epstein had given Brunel up to a million dollars in 2004 to help launch his new modeling agency, MC2 Model Management. They also searched Epstein's luxury Paris home not far from the Arc de Triomphe. Brunel started his career as a model scout and has worked with celebrities including Jerry Hall, Sharon Stone, and Monica Bellucci. Corinne Dreyfus Schmidt, Mr. Brunel's lawyer, has insisted her client is innocent of any wrongdoing. Evidence against Brunel came from a number of former models who had waived their anonymity to make their allegations public. New Zealander Zoe Brock has claimed in statements made to French investigators that she was abused in Paris in his Paris home in the early 1990s. A Dutch model, Thysia Huysman, uh, who was 18 when she first stayed with Brunel, said she was raped by him in 1991. She is now one of at least four alleged victims represented by Anne-Claire Lejeune, a Paris, a, Paris a Paris barrister who said Brunel being in custody was a huge relief because their complaints now take on meaning, she said. 
The Sun shared exclusive pics of Ghislaine Maxwell cavorting with the suspected rapist in a snapshot of a lurid lie on the pedophile's Epstein Caribbean island. The previously unseen photo shows her playfully wrestling with model agency boss Brunel, who was said in August to be in hiding after being accused of sex attacks on young women dating back decades. Let's see if that photo's here. So that all of us can see this exclusive photo. Oh, there they are. They're wrestling. Look at what he's doing to her. He's forcing her head where it should not be, publicly speaking. Okay. All right. You guys want to see these photos? There's Ghislaine and Jean-Luc Brunel. That's terrible. I hate it when they do that. Anyways, okay. <laughs> okay. And now he's like, oh, I'm winded. She's like, oh, me too. Can you guys get a room, please? Oh, he looks so dirty. He looks, oh, he looks dirty. Look at that. Oh, can't stand it when they do that. Look at that. Oh, I would be so upset if he did that to me. <laughs> This is a bunch of power play right here, guys. And look at, he's letting the dog lick her. He's, it looks like he's biting something anyways. For those of you on the uh, podcast, we're just looking at pictures of uh, Jean-Luc Brunel and Ghislaine Maxwell cavorting. They're frolicking. Man, look at all these power moves he does. Ugh. It makes me sick. All right. Yeah, that, that's pretty good insight there, Tam Growl. If he's taking cocaine at night, I guess that means he doesn't sleep. <laughs> that's some funny stuff, guys. <clears throat> In an essentially unfunny way. All right. Uh, only got a couple of more things for you guys, and we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, we're going to watch this video here. Now, this video is actually from 1988, and it is a 60 Minutes episode uh, from 1988 with Diane Sawyer, okay? Uh, the episode was called American Girls in Paris. And in this video, it's talking about, obviously, American girls who want to go be the big city models in Paris or, you know, Europe. And it talks about some of their experiences and what they went through. So uh, just rest, just know, guys, there'll be some graphic language, not like, you know, foul language, but graphic language. Uh, and Jean-Luc Brunel's name is mentioned here uh, in accordance with other words like rape. OK, so this is from 60 Minutes, 1988. We'll play this here for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Let me make sure my sound is good. OK, cool. All right, guys. We got one more story after this, and we're going to call it a wrap here at the Sea Report for tonight. So, uh, enjoy. The girls say not only do a lot of agencies take financial advantage of them, sometimes they're taken advantage of in other ways, too. Oh, my God. This is an agency owner named Claude Haddad. For years, his Paris agency, Mademoiselle Prestige, welcomed teenage American girls. Like other agency heads, Haddad offered many of the new girls help with the transition. 
temporary housing, a room in his apartment. Nice buddy, huh? Do you sometimes feel you've awakened in a candy store? Not in a flower shop. I'm a gardener. They're not candy, they are flowers. And they Just smell them, that's it. You smell the perfume. And when they're staying in your apartment? Yes. You don't feel a temptation to Absolutely walk not. in on no. them? Absolutely not. Not Some, at all? Not at all. But Lorraine was 16 when Claude Haddad discovered her at a Paris street and brought her to his agency and to his house. He asked me to come to his room and I wouldn't go to his room. So he had decided to, to get into bed with me in my room. <laughs> and um, just trying to kiss you, trying to block you, you know, in a corner or against a wall or anything. And you would just keep talking and trying to squiggle out of it, you know. How many of the girls who came in told you that he had tried this sort of thing with them? All the girls I lived with had, had all except one. How many teenage models, Mr. Dad, have you slept with? Uh, what do you mean by teenage? The young girls, 16 to 19. S 16, almost never. Let me read you some letters. Yeah. These are letters. I have, oh, I have a lot of letters, too. He walked in on me while I was in the bath. First of all, they're like, do you feel like you're in a candy shop? And he's all, no, I am in a garden. I am a gardener. I smell them. Their perfume. <laughs> That's so bad. And then he's like, what do you mean by teenager? What do you mean by teenager? 16 to 19. 16? Almost none of them. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but like, and then she's like, let me read you some letters. Like, you guys want to see that again? I'm sure you guys caught that, but like, <laughs> that's terrible. That is terrible, okay? That's some, that's some cutting-edge journalism for you right there. Diane Sawyer. Teenage. The young girls, 16 to 19. S 16, almost never. Let me read you some letters. Yeah. These are letters. I have, oh, I have a lot of letters, too. He walked in on me while I was in the bath, while I was changing in the room, and even did things like jumping in the bed with me while I was trying to sleep. Is it true? Uh, I'm asking. I, no. Most of this, it's always, you know, when people say something, it's always a little truth. What's the little truth in this? Yes, any little truth. What do you mean, little truth? What is the little that truth? That I hug them, that I try to flirt with them, but never more. They can't say what they want. Here are some of the words they used. Sexually disturbed. Pervert. You had to sleep with him to work. He almost raped me. I, I cannot, what do you say, how many almost rate me? You always, it's almost rate me. But I'm quoting. Me? But in this case, it was a 15-year-old girl. Then I, oh. I 15 you. years old? I don't remember. Maybe it's possible, I don't know. Then Claude Haddad went on to say, what happens with the girls is not real. Oh my goodness. So, so now forget about the rape, okay? He's like 15 years old. It's possible. I don't remember. So what you're trying to say is you would try and rape people, okay? Is that what you're trying to say? And, uh, you know, uh, Diane Sawyer, just look at her face. 
I know it's hard with this very uh, low quality video, but look at her facial expressions, particularly after, <laughs> particularly after he said almost never. She's like, I got letters. And she looked at him like, like, you're a bad liar. Like, she looks at him like, you're making me look bad. Like, she looks at him like, really? And like, she has this look on her face. Like, she's like, I'm trying to throw you a bone here and you cannot even lie right. Like, this is probably one of the worst interviews ever and Diane Sawyer should be strung up for complicity, theorism, complicitness. <laughs> she's complicit. She knows she's talking to someone who's guilty and she's not even putting him on the spot. But I guess that's not her job. Not back in 1988. Not ever. Went on to say what happens with the girls is not really his fault. When the French girls start to play with her body, she knows that she can have problems. She can have start to have problem with men. And in, in America, I found out that when a girl do that, it's just, she doesn't even mean it, it's just, it's a game, but she's not thinking of what she's doing. It took me a long time to realize this. Do you work with Claude Dad? <clears throat> no, sir, no more. Wouldn't send your girls to him. No, ma'am. He what? knows why. Why? Because... Because I don't think he behaved properly with some of them. I know he didn't. What did he do? <laughs> no, and I know what he did. I have letters from girls telling me what he did. It, he's, to me, it's, it's just so reprehensible. Just so appalling. That some old sleazebag would come along and touch a girl. But one man Eileen Ford does associate with in Paris is this man, the head of Karen Models, one of the largest and most prestigious agencies in the country. His name is Jean-Luc Brunel. The girls told us Brunel is very careful about the models who are under the protection of Eileen Ford. But Courtney and Sherry, who are not Ford models, told us about the dinners he invites his other girls to attend with his male friends. It's a meat market. You are there for the purpose of somebody wanting to take you home to bed. He is acting as a matchmaker. He's got the agency. He's got the girls. His friends say, oh, Jean-Luc, I'd like to have, you know, I'd like to meet some girls. Or we're having a party tonight. Can you bring some girls? And what happens if you say no? You don't work. You've actually known. Be very careful on this. You actually have known that he has made someone pay a professional penalty for saying no. I know, I paid a penalty for saying no. no. I was personally proposed to by himself, Jean-Luc, and I said, no way, I laughed in his face, and I had no more appointments, and I never worked. What about the fact that people say when you come over here, you've come over knowing what you're getting into? I mean, everyone knows. How can you know what you're getting into? How can you know what you're getting into? This is like a foreign country. No, I mean, I'm from Florida, little city, Pompano Beach, you know, I mean, come on, how am I going to know what goes on in, in um, Paris, you know, or Milan? I mean, I don't even speak the language. I don't know anyone, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a new environment, you know, I don't know anyone. I have to trust the people that I come over here with. I mean, I'm naive, I'm young. A lot of these bigwigs at the agencies literally hold, have a scale where in this hand they have your career and in this hand they have what they want. And your career can go up if they get what they want. If they don't get it, your career goes down. 
Did any girls ever come to you and tell you that Jean-Luc invites them to parties where he has male friends and it's clear what the arrangement is when you get there and that you are expected to be the friend of his male friend? I don't believe that that... I mean, I believe they said it. But you don't believe it's true? I find it hard to believe it's true. We've been told I have it heard... Oh, I'm sure you have. You wouldn't be asking if you weren't told that was true. But I like to think that our girls are not treated that way. And I like to think that were that true, I would know it because I've broken off more than one association here in my life. And you'd break it off yes, immediately. Yes, I would. Then I would. At discotheques like the Bandouche and the Palace, models are admitted free. When we filmed at the Bandouche, Jean-Luc Brunel was there. A number of models told us he has used cocaine heavily and offered it to the girls along with help in their careers. Many of the girls who spoke with us said openly that they had been regular cocaine users. But some warned that there were things that went beyond cocaine. This one asked to be photographed in shadow. So you first met Jean-Luc Brunel in a nightclub mm -hmm. when he offered you drugs, mm -hmm. cocaine. Mm -hmm. And Jean-Luc, did he use drugs? Oh, yes. You say, oh, yes, a yeah. lot? Well, that's, that's why I used to like to see him, because he'd always give me a little a vial of cocaine and say, you know, go have a good time in the bathroom. That was more or less, he did that with all the girls. And everyone else. This girl told us a few years ago she went to Jean-Luc's house with a few of his friends. She said a powerful hallucinogenic drug was slipped into her drink and that Jean-Luc kept urging her to go in and take a bath. Um, I started hallucinating and at first, you know, I was very confusing. It's very scary because if you don't know that you've been drugged and all of a sudden you start hallucinating, it's, that's very scary. She said she managed to get out of the house but stayed disoriented for 24 hours. But this ex-model says several years ago she went to Jean-Luc's house and didn't get away. She asked to have her voice and face disguised. He gave you a drink? Yes. You drank it and then what? I blacked out. I don't remember anything after that. The next Nothing thing you remember was being in this man's bed. Who was he? Do I have to say the name? It was Jean-Luc from Karen's Modeling Agency. You were raped? Yes, I do know that. You're sure? Yes, I'm positive. I, I know. You think everybody knows this about Jean-Luc Brunel? Oh, yes. A lot of people know that. A lot of people. They continue to deal with him. Everyone continues to deal with I don't know why. We played a tape of the second girl's story of drugs and rape to Eileen Ford. I don't know what to tell you. That's horrible. And this is the first time you've ever heard one of these stories? Absolutely. Because we have talked to five other girls who say that they have had drugs put in their drinks by Jean-Luc or Jean-Luc's friends. I hope you're wrong. And for his sake, I hope you're wrong. Eileen Ford says she's sure Jean-Luc has used drugs, and she even warned him about it. I have certainly asked him never to have drugs around in front of my models. That's all you've ever said to him? Well, that's a pretty fair warning. 
but were you ever told about this and ever raised it with him? The drugs? You mean being doped up and put to bed? Getting girls drugged no. up no. and in the bed with him or his friends. No. Have no. girls ever come back and complained to you that he took them to parties with people who dealt in drugs? No. So here they are, the fresh new faces from Omaha and Washington and Pompano Beach and Wichita. Every girl hoping for a lightning bolt that will transform an ordinary teenager into a superstar. While not far away, the wiser and older girls of 19 and 20 say someone has to warn them what may lie ahead. I can't really see any solution to the problem that's in Paris at this moment because I think there'll always be people who are sending their girls over thinking, well, she's different. Every mother believes that her daughter is different. And it's sad. I think it really is sad when she could have been going to her junior prom. She was hanging out at the bandouche with a bunch of playboys, shoving cocaine up her nose and ruining her reputation in her life. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Jean-Luc Brunel declined to give us an interview, but Eileen Ford has since told us that Brunel denied to her the allegations against him. Despite that, however, she told us that she has notified Brunel that she will not send him any new models unless this matter is all cleared up. All right. Well, there you go. That was a little, little about John. Now, this is from 1980. Texas, hey! Sorry, guys. I got to get on them sometimes. Now, like I said, that was from 1988, y'all. 1988. So anyways, the guy is dead now, right? And uh, I guess justice won't be served on that front either. I guess this whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing has served as the perfect distraction. So they can uh, get Brunel dead. Uh, Virginia Roberts can go ahead and settle. And this way there's not going to be any uproar about it. Because we got Ukraine and Russia, you know, on the docket. And we got... Now, I'm pretty sure people saw this one, guys. This is our last story for tonight. And uh, good evening, Pilled by the Rabbit. How you doing, sir? Saw you over there in the uh, the chat room. Uh, but our last story for tonight, guys, has to do with uh, Belinda Gates and Mel Gates. <laughs> Because uh, this one's Belinda right here, right? And here's Mel. <laughs> Mel is kind of looking like, uh, kind of looking like, uh, what is what is the name of that one? That, that one that used to be a man. <laughs> uh, that one, that one that's married to Kim Kardashian. What's his name again? Bruce, Bruce Kardashian. <laughs> Mel kind of looks like him. Anyways, okay. So, uh, and then of course you have the uh, the lizard lizard uh, lizard person. Look at what is what is up with Jeffrey Epstein in this photo, guys. Like, look at him. Look at him. He looks like he looks like someone just bit his lip. Oh, okay. Nasty, nasty boy. All right. Well, there's a brand new interview out with Mel Gates, <laughs> Melvin, Melvin and Belinda. Uh, and, uh, she's, she's actually denouncing little, little Belinda Gates a whole lot more, uh, in this recent interview. I'm sure some of you guys have heard, but, uh, well, this will, this will wrap up tonight's episode nice and good, I think, guys. Um, let's see here. I, I almost fear this video is going to do something wacky. 
Let me see. Okay, maybe not. All right. I wouldn't doubt if it goes into commercial mode. Give me give me a minute here, guys, with this video. But yeah, so uh, we got Jean-Luc Brunel dead. Thank you. It's Bruce Jenner. I called him Bruce Kardashian. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, while we're watching this, uh, this interview with uh, Mel Gates, uh, picture Mel as the man in the relationship and Bill as the woman. Because <laughs> I... I don't know why I feel like that's kind of the way this goes. Like, you know, it's just like they used to tell me when I was a kid, they used to say, they used to say, Mr. C, you need to understand that the devil rules this world. And I tell them now, well, when you told me that the devil rules the world, I didn't think it meant that literally everyone in any kind of a position was like, I don't know, a Satan worshiper, because it appears that they are. And, you know, with, like, this uh, whole upside-down, backwards, uh, right-side-up type of thing going on here with Satanists, like, you know, the whole respect for the unnatural order of things. It appears that everyone who's anyone is, uh, who is exactly the opposite of what they portray to be. So, like, all the men are women and all the women are men, regardless of how hot or how attractive they are to some people, not to everyone. Anyways, okay, so let's let's see what Melinda, or Mel, as I like to call him, uh, has to say about her wife, Belinda, <laughs> or Bill, uh, if you want to call him that, uh, in this brand new interview, okay? Um, she talks about uh, Bill and um, uh, Epstein, okay? Epstein, we already know Epstein kind of schmirked. Whenever they were asking him about his uh, relationship, I mean, he's not Epstein. We all know that uh, Bill kind of schmirked whenever they asked him about his relationship with Epstein. He's like, well, he's dead. <laughs> I got away with it. <laughs> or maybe it was, he's dead. So, uh, you know, uh, good work, Hillary Clinton. No, just kidding. Uh, I mean, we don't know that it was Hillary that killed him for sure but uh i mean obviously it wasn't hillary clinton herself for those of you out there who are like you think hillary clinton snuck into that manhattan gel and slit his throat no that's not what we're trying to say here ladies and gentlemen but anyway all right guys so uh let's check this video out for those of you who haven't seen it and uh just listen listen to what she has to say about her ex-spouse's relationship with jeffrey epstein Exclusive interview with billionaire philanthropist Melinda French Gates. Last May, French Gates and Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates stunned the world when they announced that they were ending their 27-year marriage. For decades, the pair appeared to be the perfect example of a power couple giving back. After splitting up, they still share that commitment and they are maintaining a working relationship. They jointly run their foundation, which currently manages an endowment of about $50 billion. For the first time since that announcement, French Gates sat down with us for a wide-ranging interview about her journey of healing and her next chapter in life. Divorce is a painful process, even when it's what both parties want. It still is a very painful, personal decision. But most divorces, I think, aren't on evening news. It's not a topic of conversation. Did you think when you and Bill released that statement that it would be a national conversation? Well... First of all, I think, you know, I, I want to say that 
on the day I got married, I never thought I would end up being divorced. Never. Yeah. Um, you really did think till death do us part, didn't I did. you? And, um, you know, unfortunately, I felt like I, I needed to take a different path. And so I think, you know, we knew that when the divorce was going to be announced that it would be a surprise to people. And I felt bad about that. But I probably I didn't have any sense of how big of news it would be. You never you can't anticipate something like mm -hmm. that. After the news came out, it was revealed that uh, Bill Gates admitted that he had had an affair in the marriage. And at that time, did you think we're going to work through this? How did you handle something like that? Well, I certainly believe in forgiveness, um, so I thought we had worked through some of that. It wasn't one moment or one specific thing that happened. There just came a point in time where there was enough there that I realized it just wasn't healthy mm -hmm. and I couldn't trust what we had. There was one report that said it was multiple affairs. Do you care to say anything about that? You know, I think those are questions Bill needs to answer. Okay. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or a business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. I think so many times when women go through a, a divorce, they feel ashamed or they feel they did something wrong, especially when it's so public. So many women question themselves. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Was this my fault? Did you have any of that? I don't question myself now. Not at all. Mm -hmm. um, I gave every single piece of myself to this marriage. I was committed to this marriage on the day we got engaged and until the day I got out of it. Um, so, no... But I also think society used to put things on women like it was our fault. No, I did nothing wrong. So I hold my head high. Did you have moments where you were just so angry? Did you have moments that you were just in such pain? I'm, I'm, because people look at you, Melinda French Gates, and say, she has it all. Mm. She has it all. Well, I think it's really important to say, look, I had a lot of tears for many days. I mean, days where I'm literally laying on the floor and the carpet, you know, this close to me, thinking... How can this be? How can I get up? How am I going to move forward? And days I certainly was angry. I mean, this is painful stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, though, I started on this journey of healing, and I feel like I'm starting to get to the other side. And I do feel like I'm, I'm turning a page in the chapter now. I mean, it's mm -hmm. 2022, and I'm actually really excited about what's to come in life ahead for me. How would you describe your relationship with Bill Gates today? Um, I don't even know if relationship is the right word. I don't know the word. Well, we use. certainly have a working relationship, yeah. right? And I would say we're friendly at this point. Mm -hmm. Friends? 
Friends is a different word for me. And, you know, that might come over time, but for me, uh, there's still healing that needs to, to happen. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I wish him well. I don't wish him harm. Um, and I think we have a productive working relationship, and I think that will continue. Mm -hmm. Melinda French-Gates says she'll keep working with her former husband at the Gates Foundation, which they co-founded together more than 20 years ago, as she works to grow her own company, Pivotal Ventures. Do you feel very grounded when you're here? Because oh, that's how I feel here. walking in the door. Yeah. I just feel really, it's just a very calming space. Where she's focused on funding projects that empower women. You are the recipients and the winners of a $10 million Equality Can't Wait grant. And for French Gates, philanthropy is paramount. She started the Giving Pledge with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett back in 2010. It was a call to arms for the world's wealthiest to give away a majority of their worth. In her latest Giving Pledge letter, she writes this. Giving away money your family will never need is not an especially noble act. You appear to be putting, as the kids of today say, rich people on blast. <laughs> because you said, I recognize the absurdity of so much wealth being concentrated in the hands of one person. I believe the only responsible thing to do with a fortune is to give it away. Were you challenging other billionaires? Well, I do believe that if you are lucky enough to be a billionaire, believe me, you can give away half of it at, and not change your life. And we should. We should have a society where if for whatever reason wealth is in your hands, you, you put it back in society so that you change and you lift up others. But I also like, too, in the letter you point out, and you want to do more than just write checks. Oh, yeah. That's not good enough for you just to write a check. Not for me. Now, some people do that. There's lots of ways to do philanthropy, and that's great. But I, I need to see it and feel it. Like, I cannot wait till this summer where I feel like I can probably go back to several African countries and it won't be, COVID will hopefully be enough behind us that it won't be disruptive. I want to be out talking to people. I want to see the work because it's in seeing and listening. We have to listen to people. They have their own solutions in their community. And if we listen, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, oh, my gosh, OK, they've got the way to keep the water clean. Let's just fund what they know will work. Today, French Gate says she's looking ahead in all areas of her life. I always believe, Melinda, in order to move forward, you have to get through. Mm -hmm. And you seem to either have gotten through or are you still getting through? Mm. I think, what is it? I think it's a bit of both. I think I've probably gotten through the hardest times. Not that there haven't been some hard times even in the last two weeks. Um, I do my very best to show up as my best self. Are you open to falling in love again and dating? Are you open to that? Or Definitely. Is... Uh, <laughs> I think we'll leave it there, guys. Okay. I mean, that's eh, probably about two minutes left in that interview, but... Uh, uh, thank you all. Thank you, Bubbles and 123SKG and uh, Tam Grell for donating over at uh, Foxhole and Pilled. Much appreciated, ladies. Thank you so much. Uh, Tam Grell asks, what is Pivotal Whatever? Uh, it's uh, Pivotal Ventures is based in Seattle. And uh, Tam Grell wants to know if they work with children. Well, you know, I mean, that's a... That's a fair question, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like based on that video that we just saw that uh, they give out uh, grant money to empower women's businesses, which I don't see anything wrong with that. 
Um, Pivotal Solutions provides temporary and permanent staffing solutions. Uh, but is this the one for Melinda Gates? Oh, it's Pivotal Ventures. My bad, not Solutions. I must have been looking at Stacey Abrams' happy faces, right? Okay. Pivotal Ventures uh, is, an, is an investment and incubation company created by Mel French Gates to advance social progress in the United States. Uh, they believe that removing the barriers that hold people back improves life for all. So they are an investment and incubation company. <clears throat> so you can go work for Pivotal Ventures. No, <laughs> Sign me up, right? Yeah, no, thank you though. But uh, anyways, guys, so yeah. So that was an, I mean, obviously this interview here was a profile on uh, Mel French Gates, right? Uh, right out the bat there, guys. Uh, just on, uh, you know, what she's doing now, etc. But a lot of interesting questions, a lot of interesting information, uh, just her perspective, you know, on uh, what her husband was doing, uh, her thoughts on his activities with uh, such individuals as uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. So I uh, just thought I would share that with you guys. That was just uh, kind of a wrap on our uh, episode today since we talked about Ghislaine Maxwell, Prince Andrew, Jean-Luc Brunel, and, uh, well, now Bill Gates, okay, and all of their relations to each other. I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. That's, uh, that, is a, that is what we call a lazy Friday here at the Sea Report, okay? I'm going to put this on the screen real quick so you guys can check it out. I just tossed the link over in the chat at uh, Pilled. Now, um, I apologize, guys. I don't know why I'm getting like uh, three, three repetitive, uh, three repetitive uh, chats over there whenever I drop a link over in the chat room. So I apologize about that, guys. But uh, check this out. So we talked about this about, oh, I don't know, must have been about almost a month ago, I guess now. Uh, we've got an open call for submissions for any, uh, any uh, creative patriotic types out there. We're looking for uh, your patriotic America First poetry, nonfiction, memoirs, memories, polemics, fiction, photography, and artwork to be presented in a special print anthology for Mr. CTV and Virgo Grey Press. We got uh, two editors on the case, myself and Mr. Java, also of the uh, Foxhole family. So uh, we're opening up the submissions to anyone over in uh, the Foxhole and over at Pilled who might be interested. We're, we're, we will release uh, uh, more um, submission guidelines soon, guys. Guidelines for those of you who want to get involved with the project, who want to send something over. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll iron that out a little bit more probably within the next week. I mean, they're already pretty much laid out, but I just got to get the page up. And uh, we'll also pop that over there at our Pilled accounts. Uh, if you hit that link that I threw over in Pilled, that will take you to the post with this information on it in case you're interested. And if you have any questions or if you need more details, feel free to email me at thecreport at protonmail.com. Um, and I will, uh, fix you guys up with whatever information you need. Like we have, we have the whole set of, uh, of, um, rules of submission or, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, submission guidelines, I guess would be the proper industry term there. Uh, so this way, if you want to send over anything and be part of this project, 
a printed anthology of patriotic work, you know, something that we can uh, have to commemorate our efforts and share with our friends and family or just something to take a look at. Well, there it is for you guys. There it is for you guys. No, no release date on that yet. Because uh, we are just uh, getting the ball rolling on submissions and uh, all that good stuff. So, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the Sea Report for this evening. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, your attendance and your presence is much appreciated, as well as uh, your support, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back tonight for an episode of Mr. C in the Dark. I'm guessing it's going to probably be long about 11, 11.30 tonight. So in about an hour or less, we'll probably be back on the air, guys. And uh, Java will be here with us tonight, guys. So it should be a pretty fun night. Pretty easy going, but always, you know, informative and fun. And uh, who knows what kind of shenanigans we're going to get into tonight, ladies and gentlemen. With that said, uh, don't forget, uh, we are on Truth Social. Our account is not yet open, but look for us at Mr. C TV or The C Report. If you find us, follow us. If you're over at Rumble, follow us. If you're over at uh, nah, Clout Hub, follow us. If you're over at Foxhole, favorite us. All that good stuff. If you're over at Buy Me A Coffee, it's Buy Me A Coffee slash we buy me a coffee.com slash MRC TV. I think we'll leave it there for now, guys. I think we're good. It's been fun. And we'll see you guys in just a little while. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be safe, be blessed, and uh, God bless America. We'll see you soon. <laughs>